Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Content of stories is purely fiction and not intended to be used for anything but enjoyment for those who enjoy these topics and situations. If you don't agree with the themes and the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Photographing at the Pond Part 2 by Pickfiction Chapter 03 It was a bright, sunny morning and Linda and I had decided to go to Panera before my first appointment at 10 a.m. and her going to work at the department store, teaching people how to do makeup properly so it didn't look like makeup. She was fantastic at that and also very valuable to me as she helped me at the studio about every minute that she wasn't working we had been drinking coffee and munching on two cinnamon crunch bagels spread with honey walnut cream cheese. We really enjoyed dropping in here every chance we got and just indulging ourselves with anything gooey and tasty. Now that the photography studio was humming, I could afford to do that more often and today was a little more special since I had been thinking about some things and wanted to discuss them with her since she was often, read that as usually, more logical, reasonable and down-to-earth than I was. You're thinking about something, she said, daintily licking some of the cream cheese that had dripped onto her fingers from the warm bagel. And if you keep bringing me here, I'm going to get big and fat. As long as I'm not brain dead, I'm usually thinking about something and fat isn't even a faint possibility with you. I replied, trying to temporarily deflect her question until I was totally ready. Now she was really looking at me. Clever answer, professor, but it ain't gonna work. She stood a foot closer to me on the bench seat. We always sat next to each other so we could both see the door. It was just something we'd always done. I guess we both had that wild Bill Hickok syndrome, never wanting to sit with our back to the door. Unlike Bill, though, we didn't have any gunslingers trying to get us, so it was just something weird that we did do to our mutual curiosity. This morning, though, it did let her get up close to me, and I knew she had no qualms about using her hand to her advantage, even in here, which would immediately loosen my tongue if not something else that I might be wearing. She leaned toward me and I felt her tongue touch my ear. Okay, okay, I give up. I tried to keep my voice down although it was hard to do with her tongue in my ear. I gathered myself and looked at her, a big mistake, as she was licking her lips as sensuously as she possible could and I could feel the pressure building in the brand new pair of levis I had put on this morning. I've been thinking about some things. That's how this conversation started, she said very quietly, eyeing me again. Stop looking at me that way, please. I was fairly pleading with her now. She knew exactly how to torture me until she got her way, which was, basically, always. No problem, she replied coyly, putting her hand on my thigh under the table that I was wedged in the corner with nowhere to go. Don't worry, you're going to hear it all. I rely on you so I have to tell you everything. She gave my leg a quick rub with that hand then moved it. Let's get started then. She turned a little sideways so she was facing me pulling her knee up on the bench. Should I order more bagels? We still have plenty of cream cheese left. More decisions. That's why I was thinking so hard, 
because of the decisions that had to be made, and she was giving me one more to add to the load. Very perceptively she said, Sorry, go ahead, and took my hand and gave it a gentle kiss. How had I survived all these years of my life without her? Well, you know that things are going great at the studio, and the money lately has been really good and I see no reason for that to change. All the high school things are really money makers. The senior pictures, the athletic team and individual pictures, the musicals and the plays. In fact, it's almost getting to be too much so I'm thinking of teaching a class at the school for wannabe photographers so that they can do some of the event. Photography that's really just for the yearbook and maybe a little advertising that they do for those events. I looked over at her and shrugged. I knew most of that, and the classes sound perfect. Most days we have almost more than we can handle at the studio. I really don't know how you keep up. Linda did all of the makeup around the studio and had cut back her hours at the store to keep up. I paid her for it, of course, but the way she said, we, gave me kind of a warm feeling. It was, we, and she was way, way more than an employee based on what had happened in the recent past. But I couldn't let my mind wander to that or I'd really have a fight with my levis. But that isn't all? She added with a little smile. Of course not. But that's the background for the next thing. You know the boudoir stuff, and other stuff as well, has gotten going pretty well, and it pays pretty well too. And it's fun. She said in a sexy whisper giving me a jab on the shoulder? Yeah, that too. Gee, it was easy for her to distract me, without even trying. Here's the dilemma. Do we keep doing it just the way we have been, just letting ladies wander in because a friend showed them pictures or talked to them, or do we go ahead and advertise? Maybe create a website with prices, galleries, etc. Yeah, I see. Does Mama send her tender high school senior to a photographer who photographs women? in their undies, who knows, maybe even naked. Eek. Does Mr. School Administrator keep using a photographer who may get the cheerleader's photos mixed with some big boob braless ladies? Know what I think? I think you let it go. If you advertise, and suddenly that gets bigger, and say you keep all the school business, you're going to have to hire another photographer to help out, and you're getting into a bigger business. Is that what you want? Or, just like you say, you could end up shooting only the boudoir stuff when the rest of your business crashes in around you. She paused and I could tell it was her turn to think. If you keep doing it on the side like you are now, people may find out about it, some people anyway. And there may be whispers and rumors but I'm guessing nothing else will happen. If you advertise, then there's evidence to convict you. I vote to just keep going like we are, but it's up to you, of course. She settled back and gave me a smirky smile. Just like I said before, she's so reasonable and so logical she's hard to argue with, but very nice to have helping you out. You're right, of course, like always, I ventured, giving her a big smile and a squeeze of her hand. I don't need to be a big business. Is that all you've been thinking about? She was often way too perceptive, or maybe I was just too easy to read. Probably both thought I took a deep breath. The first part had been easy, really. The next was a little harder, just because of how I am, and it shouldn't be at all. Now that we've decided on that, let's continue a little with part of the idea. Remember a while ago when you said we should turn my little apartment there in the studio into a frilly, well, kind of a boudoir for those shoots? I paused here on purpose, waiting for her.
and I suggested that you move in with me? Her face was suddenly beaming. You sure did. And you're going to do it? She'd actually scooted a little closer to me so that her knee was against my leg and I could tell her breathing had changed a little. Sort of. I added to a quick frown from her. I was thinking, with things going so well, and the future looking kind of rosy, that we could settle some things between us. A nervous little cough from me and now her face had a really puzzled look she certainly wasn't used to me talking like this. But neither was I. Instead of me moving in with you I was thinking of something a little more permanent. I cleared my throat. I'd like to buy a house and you move in with me and well. My voice left me with a fumbling stammer, but I think I was very easy to read, particularly by her and her response filled in what I hadn't said. Her eyes were wide and she leaned in toward me, her eyes holding mine and I couldn't have looked away even if I'd wanted to. Are you saying what I just heard you, in your very unique and Larry-esque way say, with what you didn't quite say but what I think you meant? She took a huge deep breath, and I was sure I could see a tear in her eye. She took my hand in both of hers and squeezed. Another deep breath. Did you just propose to me? I hadn't really thought of it in that word, but the idea was surely what I had been thinking. I was never good with words, particularly with Linda, who I had come to adore without measure and couldn't imagine living even part of my life without her anymore. So I guess I knew the answer to her question. I think I did. At least that's what I meant and I want. But you were afraid to ask? Terrified, I said simply. And as I watched her face, she looked away from me and I could swear her cheeks were turning pink. That didn't seem right until I also turned, and just a few feet from our table was Peggy. And I can never remember her married name, so she's always Peggy Lambert to me. And what was she doing here? Hi guys, she said, a huge smile on her face. Just stopped in to get a coffee and donut, and who should I find but two of my favorite people? She looked from Linda to me and then back to Linda. Am I interrupting something? Linda squeezed my hands again and turned to Peggy. She took a deep breath. He just proposed to me. She gushed out to Peggy's eyes opening wider and wider. Oh my gosh, Peggy exclaimed. And you said yes? She questioned, looking at Linda. There was a pause. Not yet but I'm saying it right now. Again, that look and that tear in the eye. Yes, she said quietly with another hand squeeze as Peggy leaned across the table and gave her a huge hug. And I was next with a hug from Peggy as well. I think I was there to hear the first I love you as well, wasn't I? Now that comment from Peggy brought about the reddest checks I'd ever seen on Linda, even though she blushed very easily. Yes, you did, and that was quite a day. But speaking of that day, let me share a little. She trailed off just a bit and giggled. About what sluts Lana and I have become. When our husbands go off on a business trip, we've each discovered that we get out the video from that day, and we have a little private session. That's why I have such a supply of little devices. Now, after her confessional, it was time for Peggy's face to glow just a little. And I could see that Linda was learning a lot from this lady. Anyway. I was going to get a hold of you very soon and I sure hadn't expected to find you here, even though this is where everything got started as I remember. I smiled and nodded. But this may not be the best time given the, um, tenderness of the situation today. 
Listen, you go ahead and talk to Larry and I'll just sit here and hold on to him and let my thoughts wander a little. Another squeeze. I didn't know that. While her thoughts might wander, she would also be listening carefully as she certainly knew she was big part of the studio, particularly now. And I was guessing that's what Peggy wanted to talk about. She settled back comfortably in her chair on the far side of the table from us. First of all, some good news. I have two friends who approached me quietly about the album they saw at our house, and that they were interested in maybe having a few pictures taken as well. I talked to them a little but told them they'd have to contact you themselves and work out the details. Now, here's the interesting part. The first one is somewhere in her middle fifties I'm guessing and she said that marriage and sex is sometimes like a bonfire. It's really, really hot at first, and then it burns down and the glowing embers keep you warm but... If you don't do something to rekindle the fire, it can go completely out. Oh, that's sweet, Linda broke in. I know, and she's a wonderful friend so I told her probably more than I should have but I think she'll just want some nice pictures to get hubby warmed up again. We can handle that. I'll wait for her call. Her name is Nancy Wharton. Now the other one is a little different so let me just tell you what I know. She actually lives in our neighborhood and I'm good friends with her mother. Name is Angie Galladay. She was at our house one day with her mother and picked up the photo album which had been left out somehow. I need to watch that a little more carefully. She didn't say anything to her mother about it but caught me before she left and asked some questions. She's in her early twenties I'd say, probably her very early twenties and she's about as shy as anyone I've ever seen. But she's really cute and now she has a boyfriend and I think she wants to. Encourage him a little and she thinks some of these pictures might give him the idea that she's ready for a little more. She's so shy it's really hard to imagine her doing that but she seemed very serious. I actually met him after she and I talked and he's as shy as she is. But they're both in their twenties and should know what they want from life. One problem is that I'm sure she doesn't have much money and she's certainly not going to ask mom or dad for any either. Now I got a hard look straight in the eyes. I actually feel like I still owe you some for that first shoot so I might contribute a little to her cause depending on what you work out. Let's wait for her to call and then meet with her and see what happens. Sounds good. Peggy added then got a serious look on her face. I still check that website for the Mr. Martin's Mrs. Pictures but I haven't seen too many lately. A questioning look came my way. Well I've chopped and cropped and otherwise manipulated photos until everything despite all the pictures we took, are all used up and anything more that I'd do would be pretty much duplicates of things already posted. Now a thoughtful look from Peggy as she smiled at Linda. G-U-H, she began. I have to admit that I like going there and seeing those photos and knowing they are me but no one else does except you too. And I even enjoy some of the comments, even the more gross ones sometimes and I can't help but wonder what the poster of the comment looks like. That's probably kind of weird. Now she looked back at me. I'd like to do some more. She turned to Linda. You can hold your ears for the next few things I'm going to say if you'd like. Of course, there was no way that would happen. I now have two dildos, one but plug, two vibrators, one set of nipple clamps and three of those little suction devices for, well, you know where. Those are the devices I mentioned earlier. I think my eyes got a little wider as I suggested. Whoa, that sounds like BDSM. 
and Linda was pink again. A little bit, and maybe a whole lot more one of these days. My husband, of course. I told him we could get the stuff and do that if he'd like, but I think it's way more exciting for him to think of seeing me in pictures with someone else doing it to me. She shook her head and appeared to shiver. We're getting to be way too kinky, I think. But I'm not going to stop it. She looked at me again. Could you handle that? The pay would be excellent because if the old boy wants that, he'd going to have to pay for it. Wow. I looked at the pink-faced lady I'd just proposed to, and was now wondering if she'd like to be involved in a BDSM photo shoot. Life has a strange way of twisting around sometimes. Whatever you do, I'm with you. She answered, not waiting for the question. Peggy wrinkled her nose. Keep her, she said, gesturing toward Linda. I think you got a good one. A little more chatter about dates and times and we all stood up. My treat, Peggy said, and congratulation. We each got another hug. Work had really piled up at the studio, and even with Linda helping I was working hard to keep up. I was finishing up a wedding, moving along with the usual senior pictures which stretched out over the whole year the way they were done now, was trying to get things ready ahead of time for the school yearbook, and then just the general run of family things. I'd forgotten all about the two ladies Peggy had talked about until one morning when the phone rang and I answered with the usual. Baxter Photography? Larry speaking and how can I help you this morning? Just about the quietest voice I'd ever heard on a phone said. Mr. Baxter, my name is Angie Galladay and I'm a friend of Mrs. Hollister. Ah, there was that last name I could never remember. She said I should call you to make arrangements about some pictures. Oh yes, I said very quietly, then realized I was almost mimicking Angie. She mentioned something to me about that. How can I help you? What a silly question I thought immediately. I knew exactly how I could help her. I'd like to stop in some time and talk to you about. I could hear her take a deep breath. Some special pictures I'd like to have taken. That sounds fine to me. I answered quickly, not so quietly this time and also hoping to sound, well, a little confident in business as usual since I could tell she was so nervous she could hardly talk and she hadn't even said anything outside of a normal conversation yet. I was wondering what her visit might be like. When's a good time for you? She asked hesitantly. Just about any time just give me a jingle so I can be sure I won't be tied up with a customer. How about this morning? Came the surprising question. This morning would be fine. I answered and thought about what I had to do. But talking with Angie shouldn't take too long so that should be fine. I can be there in about ten minutes. Is that okay? Perfect. I answered, said goodbye, and hung up. Angie Galladay will be here in ten minutes. I called to Linda. She came out to the front of the shop. What did she sound like on the phone? Terrified, was my one-word answer. Oh, gosh, Linda replied. I'd better stay right here. Actually, it was eleven minutes, and when she came in, I was rather amazed that she matched her voice perfectly. She couldn't be more than five foot tall, and that might have been stretching it. A very, very cute face but the timidity was very obvious in just the way she looked at me. And she was wearing a very large and baggy sweatshirt with equally baggy flannel sweatpants so it was extremely difficult to evaluate anything but her face and her height. Are you Mr. Baxter? Still that very soft voice. I'm Larry and this is Linda. I said, gesturing. 
I'm Angie, she said, and smiled at Linda. Then she just stood there, nervously looking from one of us to the other and back again. Peggy Hollister mentioned that you might like to get some pictures. We needed to get the conversation going here, but I sensed that this wasn't going to be easy. As Angie's cheeks reddened just a little, I knew I was right. Yes, she said quietly, still looking from one to the other dot I decided to suggest a possible solution to the, not exactly a standoff we were having, but at least a slight impasse. Would you be more comfortable just talking to Linda about the pictures? I realized instantly that I had said something wrong and her expression changed totally, from meek and uncertain to defiant and almost angry. No, she said sharply and very sternly, and she was looking at me with eyes very alive and filled with almost fire. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it just like everyone else does. I'm not afraid. If I was like that, I shouldn't be doing it at all. I wouldn't have been at all surprised if smoke had shot out of her nose. Timid and shy perhaps, but very determined and probably stubborn with some glowing embers just under the surface. This could get very interesting after all. Why don't we go to the back room where we won't be bothered if someone comes in? She nodded and followed us back. We could hear the front door opening if anyone came in and Linda could take care of that. We all three picked chairs and sat down. Angie looked at Linda a little sheepishly. I didn't mean any insult to you when I spouted off back there. She took a deep breath. I'm just doing something very new for me, very new, and I'm going to push myself so that my new self will be a little different than my old self. I sure didn't take any offense at all, Angie. It's not hard to guess that this is a little difficult for you and you're sure not alone in that. Also, if, at any time, you want to stop that's sure not a problem either. Linda quickly held her hands up in a Don't attack me, mode and laughed lightly. I just had to say that so you don't have to chase me around the room or anything. Now Angie laughed a little too. I even surprised myself with little outbursts. I'm usually very shy and quiet. I guess I didn't have to say that, did I? She added, looking from one of us to the other. Now she giggled at herself. It looked like she was relaxing a little which was going to make things much easier. I know you've seen Peggy's pictures and that's a place to start, but do you have any ideas about what type of pictures you might like? Before Angie could speak, Linda interrupted. Wait, she began. Before we go there, let me ask you something, Angie. Or maybe you just tell us a couple of things. Peggy said something about your boyfriend, so maybe we should start there. More red cheeks from Angie, but she was smiling. Well, she began with a sigh. He's just like me, in a way. A pause. Only more so. Where do I begin? Take your time. Linda suggested. I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to say it. He's an only child and his parents are very conservative very conservative and very strict. He's just been a little overprotected, a lot like I have as well, and, well, we've been dating for a little over three years now and when I can get him to hold my hand when we go for a walk, he looks around like, like, G-U-H, like we're having sex right there in public. Now the whole face was very red but she had a very satisfied look on that face. And if he were going to kiss me, he might as well be raping me. She took a deep breath. I can't believe I'm saying these things to you guys but they've been in my mind and I guess I just needed to get them out to someone. Linda quickly jumped up, stepped across and gave Angie a big hug. 
That hugs from me too, but I won't actually hug you, okay? Oh, you can hug me if you'd like. I can tell your wife is very special to you here. I looked at Linda who was beaming. So, Angie got a second hug. Linda continued. He sounds like he may be a tough nut to crack here. I guess I'll just ask if you're sure this is the best way to get to him? He's crazy about me, I know that much. He wants to be with me every chance he gets. But after a while, you just like to do a little more than chat and stare at each other. Did you date other boys before him? None. The best I had was a party that I somehow got invited to and they played a kind of spin-the-bottle game. Of course, I thought I was going to die since I'd never even dreamed about doing anything like that. And I was going to have to kiss a boy or boys? But I did get to kiss some boys, several in fact, and one I thought was kind of cute and I guess I liked him just a little and when I kissed him, it was different and I liked it. And now you'd like to get. A questioning look on Linda's face. Andy. His parents call him Andrew, and I'm the only one who calls him Andy. Andy to kiss you then. Or more. A different look on Angie's face now. Andy and Angie. I tossed into the conversation. Yeah, she said. Kind of cute, isn't it? She stood up. I'm kind of warm. Mind if I take my sweatshirt off? Help yourself. Angie stood up and slowly pulled the baggy sweatshirt off over her head, fluffed her hair a little to straighten it, and turned around, walked back to her chair and sat down. I looked at Linda and she back at me. She had on a very small and tight t-shirt and from the top of those gray sweatpants to the top of her head, little Angie was about the most perfectly created five-foot-tall lady that you could imagine. What? She said, looking at us, then down at herself. I'm sorry, I was late getting up and I put on this old shirt that's too small on me and I can't even tuck it in. She pulled on the tail of the shirt trying to stretch it across the bare midriff that was tantalizingly showing. Then she stopped. If you two are going to take those pictures, I guess I can let a little of my tummy show. I wanted to ask her if Andy had ever seen her in that shirt with her tummy showing and if he had, how could he not, yeah? I didn't ask though. I did manage to clear my throat to Linda's accompanying giggle. It does sound like you're serious so I'll continue from a while ago about what kind of pictures you were thinking of. Have you looked at any, on the internet maybe, to get some ideas? Red cheeks again. A little. From the way her eyes left mine I decided maybe she had looked more than a little. You have a computer then I take it. Yeah, I got it for school a couple years ago. Use it to look through the pictures, then save the ones you like to the computer, and we can look at them and get ideas when it's time for your shoot. I look at them, but I'm not sure I want to have any of them on my computer. She looked a little helpless. No problem. Linda will give you a flash drive you know how to use one of those. We use them for school. Save the pictures to the flash drive, and you can hide it somewhere at home, and then bring it when we take the pictures. She smiled. I can do that, I guess. Maybe getting a little ahead of things, but maybe not too. Have you thought about what you might wear? I sure don't have anything like Mrs. Hollister had on, that's for sure. But, and now her face got very red again. She bit her lower lip and looked slowly from Linda to me and back. I have on today probably the best thing I would have to wear so, if I can get myself to do it, I'll show you what it is. 
With that she untied the string that held the sweatpants up, slid them down her legs and stepped out of them. She had on a pair of black spandex workout pants. She looked at Linda, a sheepish grin on her face. My parents don't know I have these but I love them. She stood there for long seconds. Here goes, she said and slowly lifted the two small t-shirt off over her head. She had on a white bra with a tiny bit of lace on it, very plain but efficient. Then she followed quickly, squirming out of the workout pants. Another very efficient but plain pair of white panties that I looked at Linda, and she back at me once more as we both looked at Angie. What? She meekly questioned. You guys look at me and then each other like that, and I think there must be something wrong. The look on her face was approaching frantic. Do you want us to tell you what's wrong? I looked her right in the eye. Oh God, please. Nothing, was Linda's quick reply. Not only is nothing wrong, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I think Larry and I both agree that you are just about the most perfectly proportioned and put-together young lady we've ever seen. And let me add to that. Very, very pretty as well. I thought Angie was going to cry. She just stood there blinking almost like she couldn't comprehend what Linda had just said to her. I was trying to watch her face but it was hard to keep my eyes from looking at her from top to bottom. You would expect someone five feet tall to have maybe short legs, or be long-waisted or to look a little stubby, but not Angie. I could tell that if you took a photo of her against a white background and showed it to someone, they would have no way of knowing if she was five feet tall or six feet tall. The proportions were really amazing. She shook her head, as if comprehending that was too much for her. Be honest. Are you just saying that to make me feel good because, if you are, it's kind of working? Now Linda laughed. It's true. Haven't you been comparing yourself to some of the pictures you've seen? Not really. They all look tall and kind of willowy. Well, some aren't very willowy, but still. Well, when we take your pictures, if you still want to do it, and you look at them, then you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Do you think Andy will see that too? If he doesn't or can't, then you may want to reconsider Andy. That brought a little laugh from her. I suspect he may be okay. When he's with me, the holding hands and things like that, I just feel like he wants to do it but is just afraid. But, and here she smiled a very warm little smile. He has a pretty good job now and he said he thought he might get his own apartment and move out of his parents' house. You going to move in with him then? Linda quipped raising her eyelids. Oh God, the world would come crashing down if I did that. One step at a time. You guys have my mind racing here and I'm not sure I can handle it. Oddly, I thought she had been standing there in front of us in her underwear for quite some time and seemed to be surprisingly comfortable with it. I also thought that underneath that shyness, a very warm and wonderful woman had been hiding. I think that she was beginning to notice that too. Last night, when I was thinking about coming here to talk to you, and thinking about wearing these, she gestured at what she had on. I actually started perspiring I was so nervous. You've made it easy though, and I thank you for that. She held her arms out to her sides. And here I stand, half naked, and I only feel a little self-conscious, not terrified like I thought I might. When can we take the pictures and what do I need to get to wear? I'm ready. I ran to the front of the studio and back quickly with the appointment book. By the way, we do have a place where we can take outdoor pictures if you'd like that. 
I saw one of those in Mrs. Hollister's book, and it was beautiful. But I think, cheeks turning red, it might be a little more intimate to do them inside, like most of hers were. It was clear that the shyness was going away, but wasn't totally gone yet for sure. How about, and here we go again with our usual timing, day after tomorrow at 8 a.m. I have a good two hours there for you. Oh gosh, we haven't said anything about how much this will cost. She plopped down in her chair and looked totally defeated that I remembered what Peggy had said, so I winged it a little. Here's the deal. Don't worry about it now. If the pictures don't work with Andy, then we're not very good photographers and you'll owe us zero. That isn't right. But if the pictures work, then we'll talk about what you owe me. And trust me, it'll all work out just fine. I couldn't imagine that there's be any living male with even just one hormone in his body that wouldn't drool over pictures of this absolute doll. Linda jumped up, ran to the back room and was back quickly and I could see what she had the red outfit I had gotten at Victoria's Secret for Peggy's pictures. She held up the top and looked at it. Angie's eyes got very wide. She moved her head in to check it more closely. This will work, Linda said, holding it up toward Angie. I've got a couple of ideas already. Then she held up the almost nothing bottoms and smiled at Angie. Will those cover me? Was all she could stammer out. Good enough, Linda answered. And good enough for old Andy. But Angie wasn't through with checking out the little red top and bottom. Can I see them? She asked, very cautiously and held out her hand. Sure, Linda answered, handing them to Angie. Very cautiously and carefully. Angie took the two little pieces of red material, one in each hand, and looked at them, a little wide-eyed. She laid the bottom down on her chair and gently wrapped the top around her, over her plain and very wide coverage bra. She looked up at Linda. Oh my gosh. She muttered very slowly. Then she put down the top and picked up the bottom, holding it in front of her. I'm going to wear these, she asked, her voice a little incredulous. If you'd like to. I didn't think Peggy would mind. Peggy Hollister has worn it, but I'm not sure it was in the pictures you saw. Let me do something here. I quickly found the memory stick with Peggy's pictures stuck in into the slot on the laptop, made sure it was facing away from Angie because I wasn't sure she was ready for Mr. Martin's Mrs. Pictures. I quickly found one with Peggy in the very small top and bottom. Here you go, Angie, I said, turning the computer so she could see the photo of Peggy. She looked at the photo very carefully seeming to study and absorb what she was seeing. And I noticed, no red cheeks. The shyness was evaporating right here in front of us. I guess it does cover you, doesn't it? She said, and then with a giggle. At least a little bit of you. Turning to Linda, she asked, Can I try it on? Sure, that's no problem. But it won't quite fit since you're a little smaller than Peggy. But I think I can do a couple of things to make it work. Angie looked at the picture on the computer one more time. I won't look like that, she said. Linda quickly replied. No, you won't. You'll look like Angie Galladay. And I'm guessing that some guy named Andy would much rather see pictures of you than Peggy Hollister, even as gorgeous as she is. A huge smile came to Angie's face. I'd like to think so. That's why I'm doing this. Let's go, Linda said and led her into the back room. The change in Angie in just a very short time was amazing. The blushing had nearly disappeared totally, and she was talking and asking questions. 
If this kept up, the next part of the project would be much easier. After a little puttering around I heard someone coming out of the back room. It was Linda with a big grin. Little Angie that's back there right now is not the little Angie that came in the door this morning. I was just thinking that same thing myself. She surprised me by just undressing till she was naked and had me help her get the top on and fixed. You may not get to see her the way I just did but oh my gosh, she has a miniature but nearly perfect body, and she doesn't appreciate it the way she should, and the way Andy should. So, where is she? I asked, a little inspired by Linda's description. Dot a giggle. She's not quite ready for that tiny bottom in her, um, natural state. She's taking care of that now. She should be out shortly. Not the same Angie of this morning for sure. Sure enough, very shortly and here she came through the door, and no red cheeks at all. She looked from Linda to me and back to Linda, then to me again. That looks wonderful, Linda said with a sigh. Do you really think so? All I could think at that moment were silly cliches. Is the sky blue? Is water wet? Does Angie look wonderful? They were all about equally true. I was really looking forward to this shoot already. Okay, she said simply. If you guys think so, I guess I'll wear this. She looked down at herself. It does kind of show, me, doesn't it? As always seemed to happen with our photo shoots, the day after tomorrow was quickly upon us and Linda and I were in a little early since Angie was scheduled at 8 o'clock. The back room was a little more frilly looking than it had been as I had moved out and in with Linda while we waited for the closing on the house we had picked out. Nothing had been decided finally yet but there had been some serious discussions about wedding plans and dates, and Linda had enjoyed it quite a bit when Angie kept referring to her as my wife. In actuality she wasn't yet but, practically speaking, she was. The front door opened very quietly, typical of Angie of course, and she slipped inside, dressed much like she had been the other day. Hi, she ventured, just a hint of pink on her cheeks as I'm sure she was thinking of what she was about to do, and she hadn't quite grown accustomed to that yet this morning. Oh gosh, she then added, much louder this time. She held her arms out to her sides. I can't believe I did this. You can see everything I have on. I can't figure it out, but I was kind of tingling all the way here. It's something I've never felt before. Her rapid-fire talking told us she was excited about what was going to happen. Oh, I need to tell you something, too. Now she looked almost conspiratorial. Yesterday I went for a walk with Andy. I stepped my hand out in front of him and said if we were going to walk together, he was going to have to get used to holding my hand. He did it. A gleeful look crossed her face. All the way he held it, and he held it pretty tight, too. It felt really good. Then, oh my gosh, there we were at Greenleaf Woods so we walked on a kind of deserted little path and there was no one else around. I made him stop and look at me. Guess what? She was really looking at Linda now. No idea, she said, anxious I'm sure, as I was, to hear the answer. I told him to kiss me. He looked like I had told him to shoot his mother or something. So, I said it again and I could tell he was really thinking about it. He really was, and that was all I needed so I grabbed his face and kissed him. I don't know anything about that kind of kissing but I could tell that he liked it. And since I had done it, you know, he didn't have to worry if it was the right thing or not. So, we walked some more, holding hands and when we were back at his house, 
he looked around to see if anyone was watching and stuck his face out at me. So I kissed him again, and when I started to back off, he stayed right with me. It was really nice. Such a pleased and contented look she had on her face. I'm glad you guys are here because I could never tell anyone else about that. She got a big hug from Linda. Now look, she said, and pushed the sweatpants down far enough on her hip that you could see she didn't have any underwear on. And, she added, turning directly toward Linda and pulling her sweatshirt up, obvious bearing her breasts. No fair, I couldn't see. I exclaimed, deciding to tease her just a little. I couldn't believe it when I got the same view. In that little red thing, you'll probably see most of that anyway. She giggled out eye in that quick view. I could see that Linda hadn't been fibbing about how she looked. It looked to me that the shape of that breast was exactly what an artist would picture if he were portraying the ideal breast. The top dipped down in a gradual curve to a nipple that was pointed straight ahead with the bottom softly contoured up to meet that point. Since she was so small, they weren't huge, but, as we noted before, just perfectly proportioned to her size. Also, I had noted in that quick view, actually just after the quick view as I wasn't looking away while it was there to see, that there were no red cheeks at all. I think she may have actually begun to enjoy this. Did you get to look at some pictures? Thousands, I'm sure. I can't believe there are that many beautiful ladies that pose naked and nearly naked. I know what you mean. I started by just putting boudoir pictures in the search line and got lots of them and lots of websites. Lots of different size and shapes of ladies on those. I glanced at Linda and she back at me. Angie's voice fairly rang with excitement as she talked, far from the tiny voiced, red-faced lady of two days ago. Then I just put naked women in the search line and holy crap, I could never look at all the pictures that came up on that one. Plus, and she made a little face and her cheeks did redden a bit. Some had men in the pictures too and, well, I'm sure you guys know about that. Did you save some to the memory stick? Yeah, quite a few. But I'm sure you guys have ideas too since you've done a bunch of these types of pictures. I liked Mrs. Hollister's pictures and I probably shouldn't have listened, but I heard her telling someone else that she had some other pictures too, and she just smiled at that lady. Since you took them, maybe something like those too. Now I think my cheeks were getting red as I remembered some of them, and glancing at Linda I could tell she was remembering too. You might want to wait a while to have anything like those. I suggested and Angie wrinkled her brow and looked at me for a few seconds, and she maybe saw my rosy cheeks. That sneaky Mrs. Hollister. She said, I'm going to get her to show me some of those too, cause now I've seen about all there is to see. Why don't we go back and check what you saved and then get your outfit on? Cool, she said, bouncing off toward the back room. The pictures weren't anything unusual and I was not surprised at that. In just a few minutes she and Linda came out of the dressing room and there was that amazing body right in front of me again. I couldn't imagine how she could look at herself in the mirror and not realize that she was someone very, very special. It would be interesting to talk to her about that sometime, but not now. But now a word of advice to her about the pictures we were about to take. And these pictures. Sometimes when we take pictures like this. I began. We try to emphasize some feature of the person that is a little special. Once in a while that's not too easy as there is nothing that is really outstanding. Just general nicety all around. In your case, that's not a problem. Angie was looking at me, 
very interested in what I was going to say. In fact, there's much to emphasize about you. Now her brow furrowed just a touch. In fact, everything about you is just perfect. She smiled. I'm way too short, she said matter-of-factly. Shortness doesn't detract from the way you look. Let me show you something. Stand over there by that wall. She moved in front of the wall which was a warm cream color, and I framed her in my camera so you could see from her feet to just above her head, no ceiling in view. I took the picture. Now come over her and look. I brought the picture up on the camera viewer, and she nudged up against me so she could see it clearly, which was a treat in itself. Of course, when I glanced up Linda was smirking at me. Okay, how tall is the lady in this picture? She was looking carefully. She's five foot tall. Look again, I said, and pretend you don't know who it is. Now tell me again. More looking at the picture and then a look at me. Slowly she said. You can't really tell, can you, if you don't know. So, are you way too short? Lights were beginning to blink on in her head. For getting things out of the cupboard, for sure. She said, laughing broadly. Honestly, you are very pretty. Your face shines when you smile. Your breasts look like they were shaped by Michelangelo for those perfect proportion drawings he did. Your butt is one that people love to watch as they walk along behind you, and your legs match the rest of you. Now the cheeks were a little pink. Thank you, she said softly. Maybe I need to look at myself more carefully, and from a little different point of view, you think? Linda added, I think when you see these pictures that we take today, it will be much clearer to you. Angie began to pose and she seemed to know exactly what to do. She thrust her breasts out without L0 oaking slutty. Her butt in profile was tantalizing, and from the back, with the string of those red bottoms hidden between her cheeks, smiling tantalizingly at the camera, and I knew at Andy. There was nothing shy or reserved about her, totally not what I had originally expected. Linda suggested some things and I took pictures, on her back with those breasts standing straight up with almost no sag, just sitting there looking at the camera, pressed against the wall with her arms outstretched and those delightful buns teasing the camera. Some very good pictures that I knew Andy would have to love. Break time. I suggested and Linda got a couple of cold bottles of water. We all drank and I noticed Angie pressing the cold water bottle against her breast and then looking. She looked up at us. I saw some of the women have big long, well, nipples. Mine just get round and hard but not big and long. You probably saw some that weren't big and long too. Linda suggested. I suppose, but I guess I didn't notice them. So, you guys are wondering why I'm thinking about that. A pair of nods. Some of the women were naked, but you know, not really showing anything. Some were naked and showing everything. Now I realty began to wonder where this was going. If I got naked and showed a little something, there wouldn't be much to show. Since you brought it up, let me tell you what Larry says. What was she going to tell her now, I wondered. Andy won't be really interested in how they look, but more interested that you are showing him something, if you happen to do that. You'd be sharing yourself with him, and that's what's important. Okay, Angie said, turned her back to me and slid the little red top up and over her head and off. Next came the pants, and she was naked. Linda looked over Angie's shoulder at me and smiled. If I decide I want to give Andy a good peek, that means you'll get one too. Is that okay? She asked. 
very seductively and turned her head slowly to look at me. Linda couldn't restrain her laugh. Now we took pictures of a naked Angie, with her doing a 95% job of keeping everything hidden. The 5% I saw was worth the looking for sure. I don't need nice prints like Mrs. Hollister has, Angie said suddenly, facing me with one arm across her breast and the other hand between her legs. She looked so sensuous standing there like that I could hardly keep from taking another picture. I just need them on one of those memory sticks so he can look at them and then hide it somewhere. We had plenty of pictures and the two hours was close to be gone so we decided to call it a shoot. Angie, still naked, looked at Linda and then me. What the heck? She said. It's the new Angie. She didn't try to turn or hide, just walked over to where her sweatshirt and pants were picked them up and began putting them on. I had never seen such a complete transformation in one person in just the space of two days. She gave Linda a big hug and then one for me too. Thanks you too. I see how happily married you two are and that's what made me have Andy hold my hand and then kiss me. And all the things you guys said about me made me feel really good. Plus, I don't think you were lying so maybe I'll see myself a little differently now. Can't wait to see the pictures. Be sure to leave us your number so I can let you know when the pictures are ready. And you're not the only one who's anxious to see them. A whack on the arm from Linda dot a big laugh from Angie. Makes me feel good. She said and was out the door and gone dot I turned to smile at Linda and saw a look that I knew and loved. She glanced up at the clock. Ten minutes, she said softly, beginning to strip off her clothes. How do I compare with Angie? She asked a sneaky smile on her face as she was finally naked. Not going there, I said back to her. This happens when I'm taking pictures of women. What if it were men? It was once, and what happened then? Her arms were already around my neck, and of course I was naked as well. How could I forget that I couldn't, and the picture of that flashing through my head, a naked Linda hovering over me with Peggy and her sister, Lana, sitting there watching was overwhelming. Yeah, was all I could mumble out. You remember that, don't you? But I couldn't answer as her mouth was on mine, her tongue dueling with mine, her hand on my very stiff cock. Did it get that way from watching her, or from me? She was merciless when she had me at her mercy. She pushed me down on the bed. It just is. I gasped out as I felt it slide inside that wonderful, warm and wet pleasure spot where it found itself so often lately. Can you last ten minutes? She asked playfully as she began moving her hips very gently. Up to you. I mumbled, trying to catch my breath. Oh, good. And those hips began moving faster and faster, sloshing and slapping sounds enveloping my whole being, blotting out everything but the feeling she was creating inside me which, I knew would totally explode outside me, and very quickly if she didn't slow down. She didn't and I did, groaning and pumping her full of hot liquid. A few more pumps, and she just collapsed on my chest. New record, I think, but I can't see the clock from here. You mean you time it every time? A giggle, as I got another nice kiss. Usually I'm a little occupied myself, but this time was a little different. You like that? How could you not like being in utter ecstasy for? I couldn't see the clock either, but it didn't matter how long. Just how much, and it would have been hard to get more of what she had just given me, no matter how much time there was. The phone ringing broke the mood and Linda jumped up to answer.
She talked for a minute, then brought the phone over to me. Nancy Wharton, she said and quickly got in. Oh yeah? Look on her face. The other friend of Peggy's who wanted pictures. Daringly, Linda raced out to the front of the studio, still naked of course, and grabbed the appointment book. Just watching her do that brought part of me back to life. I talked with Nancy for a while and glanced questioningly at Linda who laughed and nodded. Of course, it had to be day after tomorrow. Good time for you? I asked, and since she wanted to have the pictures taken at the pond, I knew it wouldn't be too early. Ten o'clock. I echoed to Linda and she nodded. Sounds good. I said. See you at ten. I hung up the phone and gave Linda a look. You have an appointment, and tonight will be soon enough for me. But you do owe me. A big, sensuous grin crossed her face. I tried to think of something special for her for sure that I was pretty well caught up with things when Nancy Wharton came through the front door at about five minutes before ten. My first impression upon greeting her and shaking hands with her was that she was fairly well preserved for being in her fifties. She wasn't a Peggy or her sister Lana, but it was clear she had never been like them either. We quickly discussed cost after she told me what she was thinking about and that was not a concern at all. She said she'd like to go to the pond and that her husband had been seeing her naked for about thirty years so regular boudoir pictures wouldn't be too exciting. She said Peggy had mentioned that nudity was not a problem. Ha, ha if she only knew, and she had no qualms about doing those so she hadn't brought anything special to wear. Linda came out from the back room about then and she and Nancy discussed makeup and what looks she wanted etc. Peggy told me to not even think about makeup because Linda is it, is just totally wonderful with it. Peggy is too kind. Linda said, blushing just a touch. Well, I saw her pictures and she looked absolutely wonderful. I'm hoping you can make me look just like her. A moment of puzzled silence. Just teasing. Nancy quickly followed up. You'd have to be Merlin rather than Linda to do that. Now we all three laughed. Linda did get right to work since the makeup was much easier to do here and it didn't look like rain at all. The weather had turned a little cool so it wouldn't be quite so pleasant at the pond. I'd mentioned that to Nancy but she didn't seem to mind. Soon, Linda was through and, although she didn't look quite like Peggy, Nancy was looking pretty darn good. She checked herself in the mirror. Don't you say Peggy is too kind? She didn't exaggerate at all. I wish you were around when I need you for special occasions. She gave a wink to Linda who was a little pink once more. I certainly had to agree that she was good. At more than makeup as well. Linda and I jumped in our already loaded car and Nancy followed in hers as she was going to go straight home after the photos were taken. I pulled into the familiar little spot, a little further forward this time since there were two cars and we headed toward the pond. You sure this is not too cold? I questioned Nancy. I've heard that goose bumps can be sexy. She replied, grinning and checking her arms that I wasn't about to argue with her as she was paying the bill for this. Linda had actually brought a little sweater and already had it on. We were walking along fairly briskly now, trying to generate a little heat, and since I was lugging most of the equipment, I was able to keep nice and warm. At the pond we noted that the water level was up a little. I didn't anticipate, on this very cool day, that Nancy would want to get in that water even though I saw that she appeared to be carrying a towel. She didn't seem to be uptight at all about anything so I wasn't sure what to expect. Actually, 
The sun was shining quite brightly so light wouldn't be a problem at all. I had a couple of battery-powered units in the car but wasn't anticipating using them today. As I was getting the camera ready, Nancy was looking around, I think scouting for places she might want to have some pictures taken. I only need 15 or 20 pictures so we shouldn't be here too long. And I have some ideas about what I want. She smiled at me and then Linda. I just snap away quite a bit so don't worry about numbers. We'll get some good ones I'm sure. Nancy was carefully taking her clothes off and folding them neatly before laying them on a big rock. Her back was to us so the first thing we saw was her butt. It wasn't Peggy's or Lana's or even Linda's, but nevertheless, it was enticing. Then she turned around, ready to start posing and I gulped slightly at what I saw. I had mentioned before that one thing a photographer does is try to find the outstanding feature of the subject and then highlight that to make the best pictures possible. Nancy's nipples, at rest now, were at least a half inch long. Between her legs it was easy to see her clitoris sticking out through a clean-shaven pussy. I know what you're seeing, she said without a bit of self-consciousness. It was very useful when I was young and dating and it's been good for my husband too. I just wanted some pictures to preserve it for when I'm really old. I couldn't help but stare and I could see the cool weather having its effect on her. The nipples were longer if anything. Her areolas were shrinking and kind of wrinkling and there were definitely goose bumps most everywhere on her body. Peggy told me you guys were okay with most anything. I'm sure Peggy didn't tell her what that. Anything. Involved, so I'll just pose for the pictures I'd like and you can snap away. Sound okay? You're the boss. I said, wondering just how big those nipples could get. I was going to find out as she began to play with them, pulling them out over and over. I'm not going to estimate how big they finally got just say they were bigger than they started and bigger than I had ever seen. A quick look at Linda and I think her eyes were open much wider than normal. Now Nancy began to pose and it was more like watching a porn movie or filming one than doing a boudoir shoot. She spread her legs, pulled her breast to her mouth and sucked first one nipple and then the other. She fingered herself with one finger, then two, then three and sure enough, finally four. Next her back was to the camera and she bent over, pulling her feet wide apart. She spread herself, rubbed her clit, then a finger in her anus, then two dot all of the above took maybe ten minutes. Nancy eyed the pond. After all that, she said nonchalantly, I don't suppose there's anything I could do in the pond that would be very exciting for Albert. Albert's my husband in case I didn't mention it before. Which she hadn't. With that she walked to the rock and began getting dressed. When she was dressed, she turned to Linda. I hope I didn't offend you with my antics there. I just thought that's what Albert would need to get a little, um, well, inspired I guess. A quick giggle. No, not at all. Linda responded, which I knew wasn't totally true. Well, I'll be on my way then. Nancy said over her shoulder as she headed off on the path to the cars. I'll call about the details tomorrow. She was obviously in a hurry to get somewhere and I wasn't about to keep her from wherever she was going. Linda looked at me and all I could do was grin. She shook her head. I know you'd love to see my nipples all shriveled up here in the cold but I'm heading back to the studio. I should have worn two sweaters. A big grin since, for the first time after one of these picture-taking sessions, she wasn't going to wonderfully attack me. I tried to look glum and morose but she wasn't buying it. 
We packed the camera away carefully and headed for the car. Almost three weeks had passed and Peggy stopped by the studio to arrange for her bondage pictures. I told her that Jimmy, my brother, was willing to do this one too as he had done with her and her sister Lana. Since he and Peggy had gone to high school together, and he had ogled her and fantasized about her then, he was more than happy to help out with her now. In fact, he worked for free and thanked me profusely for giving him the opportunity. I told Peggy not to worry about a thing and that Linda, Jimmy, and I would take care of everything. When I talked to Jimmy to tell him about the date that had been selected, he said that would be perfect and he would be fine with that and would take care of getting all the special paraphernalia that he'd need. I told him she had a couple of dildos, nipple clamps and three suction devices, got a thanks for that info and another thank you for letting him be the bondage master he was looking forward to it. Jimmy was there early on that day, an expectant look on his face. He arrived carrying a black, canvas bag that seemed to be a little heavy as he lugged it through the front door. Looks like lots of stuff, I suggested to his accompanying nod. Linda was there too, of course as she had now nearly quit her job at the department store to help keep things going with the photography. Plus, since the wedding date was now set, she would soon really be a part of the business. As fortune would have it, behind the studio was an abandoned garage which I actually owned, and we had decided it would be very appropriate for the bondage shoot since it was dilapidated and generally filled with junk. I had taken some lights back there and, surprisingly, all the electrical outlets worked. We took Jimmy back to show him what was available. Call Peggy, he told me, and tell her to wear an old dress that she doesn't mind getting, well, destroyed. Linda had her assignment and was off to make the call. We'll just bring her in here and I'll come in from outside and she'll just do what I tell her. I take it you've been doing some research on this? You bet you're Red Rider. Lots of internet time and shopping time as well. I don't think you're looking at this like a photo opportunity at all. I quipped at him. I think it's just you having an adventure with good old Peggy Lambert. I do my thing, you do your thing, Peggy does her thing, and we all end up happy and satisfied. Now I'm going out to my car to hide till she gets here. Text me when she's in the garage and I'll get things started. I need a minute in the dressing room so you can get your camera stuff ready. He smiled and headed out the front door. About ten minutes later Peggy came through that front door in an old and very faded dress that I think you'd call a house dress. I'd forgotten I had this. She responded to our puzzled stares. And besides that, I have some news. She had a big smile on her face. You did pictures for Angie Galladay, didn't you? Sure did. Her mother came for lunch the other day and said Angie was going to be married around Christmas time. Suppose your pictures had anything to do with that? That's wonderful, Linda exclaimed. And who knows, maybe they did. Something occurred to me. When Angie visited you, what did she wear? Peggy thought for a few seconds. I guess usually an old sweatshirt. Some baggy pants. I always wondered why. Come with me. I gestured and took her to the computer in the next room. I searched a little and found the Angie memory stick, put it in the computer and pulled up the first picture. I didn't think Angie would mind Peggy seeing her pictures. There was Angie in that tiny red outfit. Peggy just stood and stared. She looked at me and then at Linda. I never dreamed, was all she needed to say. You still sure you want to do this? I asked, 
changing the subject slightly. I'm assuming your brother is already here somewhere so I can't back out now, can I? She looked at Linda now, a question on her face. Based on that dress, I'd say no makeup is in order here. I didn't put any on this morning so I guess I'm ready. Since the dress is going to be destroyed, I assume no underwear might be in order too. I did do a little checking on the internet, watched a few videos and stuff. Some of that stuff looks scary so I guess I'm just trusting your brother. A questioning look in my direction. If I had to guess, I'd say that Jimmy thinks way too highly of you to do anything to hurt you, actually hurt you. I hope so, and trust so too, I guess. Since I don't know what he's doing, I'm just guessing that some of it will be a little uncomfortable, but I can handle that. Her cheeks were suddenly getting a little rosy. Maybe I'll enjoy some of it. She giggled. Oh God, my husband better really like this. I have no idea what he's going to do either. He's done a little watching too, so I think he's ready. I'll show you where we're going to do this. I led and she and Linda followed to the garage, which did have kind of a sinister look to it now. Jimmy just wanted this small table in here, so I'm not sure what's up with that. I gestured to a small table, about two feet by two feet that was in the middle of the room. He said that when he comes in, he'll tell you what to do. And, like a good sub, I'll do just what he says. She smiled, but I thought it was a bit of a nervous smile that I got my camera ready and turned on the subdued lighting I had decided on. Linda had the video camera ready, and we stood off to the side and waited. I quickly sent a text to Jimmy and then thought I could hear sounds in the studio. After three or four minutes there was a knock on the door. Linda started the video and I was ready. Come in, Peggy said cautiously. The door opened and in stepped a very naked and masked Jimmy carrying two bags now, the black one we'd seen before and another white one. He sat the black one by the wall and turned the white one upside down spilling out many pieces of manila rope about one-quarter or three-eighths inch in diameter. You ready? He snarled at Peggy. Yes, sir, she answered very submissively, her head bowed. She was realty going to play the part, I guess. Stand up. She stood and he moved behind her. Carefully he took her arms and pulled them behind her, bending each at the elbow and moving them so that right hand was by left elbow and left hand by right elbow. He bent and grabbed a piece of rope and began tying her arms in that position with several wraps of the fairly coarse rope. When he was satisfied, he tied a knot. Probably eight feet of rope was left hanging. Linda was carefully videoing from up fairly close so all of the details of what was happening would be recorded. I was snapping pictures and trying to concentrate a lot on Peggy's face to see what her expressions would tell us about what was happening. So far there were no grimaces and those expressions were relaxed and kind of waiting. Now Jimmy went to his bag and came back with a large pair of scissors. Actually, you'd probably call them shears they were so large. He bent and started at the hem of the dress, slowly cutting upward, past her waist, between her breasts and finally out the neck. He went to one side and cut the sleeve and then the other. Then he moved around to Peggy's back and tugged and the dress pulled loose. She was now very naked and very beautiful, and biting her lower lip, Jimmy tossed the dress aside and got another length of rope. Standing in front of her he took one of those large and perfectly shaped breasts of hers and, starting at the base, began wrapping it with turns of rope. After about five or six wraps, that breast was a nearly round shape, 
the skin glistening it was stretched so tight and the nipple popped out and stretched tight. More of that rope went to the other breast with the same result, and he carefully tied a knot. He stepped back and observed. Then satisfied, he grabbed another piece of rope. I was still clicking occasional shots, and Peggy's face seemed to be changing expression some. She'd close her eyes occasionally, and I was sure she was breathing a little harder than she had been. Come over here, he commanded, gesturing toward the little table. He stopped at the white bag and pulled out a dark-colored bath towel. He doubled it and spread it carefully on the table. Lay down. She bent forward awkwardly, since her hands were tied behind her, but Jimmy pushed and held her until she was settled, her tied breasts hanging below one end and her legs kind of dangling over the back. However, Jimmy wasn't going to let things stay that way as he took her legs and bent them up from the knee. He grasped her ankles and turned her feet so the bottoms were touching each other. He began to tie them in that position. Of course, with her feet that way her knees were spread apart as were both of her legs, leaving her female parts clearly exposed. When he had her feet and ankles tied securely, he grabbed the length of rope left over from tying her arms and stretched it down to her feet and wrapped it there, doubling it several times. He stepped back and seemed satisfied with the results that he got another length of rope and carefully tied it to her nicely long dark hair, winding it, and wrapping the hair with the rope until it was snug and secured. As Jimmy went to the black bag this time, I was sure that Peggy was breathing harder. I glanced at the video lady and got a wow look from her. This was certainly different and not exactly boudoir stuff any longer. When Jimmy came back to the table, he had two things. One was a little can that looked like an oil can of some type. The other was more foreboding looking, a hook-shaped device made of shiny metal, a small ball shape on one end and a small formed loop on the other. He walked in front of Peggy and showed her the device. She stared at it for seconds then closed her eyes. Jimmy moved beside her, took the little can in one hand, spread her ass cheeks with the other and squirted some kind of liquid on the little rosebud he found there. He gave a second squirt to the ball on the hook, then carefully pressed the ball against that very tight opening until it finally yielded and swallowed the end of the hook. Now the end of the rope that held her hair was passed through the ring on the hook. A hand under Peggy's chin lifted her head slightly. The rope was pulled snug and then tied. Now if she tried to lower her head it put pressure on the anal hook point one more piece of rope tied just above the knee on one leg then passed under the table and similarly tied to the other leg. Her legs were securely spread and ready for whatever Jimmy had in mind. That wasn't his focus at the moment as he went to the black bag one more time and came back with three small devices, glass or plastic with a small black rubber bulb on one end. First, he went in front of her. Stick out your tongue. Instant obedience. He rubbed the other end of each of the three devices on her tongue till they were wet, then bent down. He squeezed the bulb, placed the wet end over one nipped and let loose. The nipple, already nicely elongated from the breast being tied lengthened a little more into the suction device. The other nipple followed suit, all carefully saved in Linda's camera. Now Jimmy was behind her, and he had something in his hands. Two small plastic spring-loaded clothes pins with a piece of string attached to each. He pulled out one labium and attached a clip, then the same to the other. He carefully stretched the strings out and tied each securely to the rope around her leg by her knee. Now she was spread quite nicely and all of her female parts 
were clearly visible and accessible. He took the third little suction device and squeezed the bulb and her clitoris was given the same treatment as the nipples, this time to an audible groan from Peggy. Back to the black bag again, this time retrieving a rather large dildo carefully attached to a short piece of round stick of some kind, a hole in the stick holding a short piece of string. He picked up the little can, looked like he was going to use it, and then sat it down. When I was ready to take a couple of shots of what was about to happen, I could see why the can had not been used. Peggy's pussy was totally glistening and there were three or four drops of that silvery fluid on the floor now. She was definitely enjoying this. Carefully probing her wide-open cleft, the dildo soon disappeared inside her. But Jimmy wasn't quite through yet, and he pumped it in and out several times before using the string to secure it in place, tying it to Peggy's feet. The noises from Peggy were fairly audible during the process. She wasn't attempting at all to disguise how she was feeling about this T.O. the black bag again, and a ring gag appeared in Jimmy's hands. Open your mouth. The gag was inserted when Peggy opened a little wider. A quick trip to the bag again and Jimmy crouched in front of her and, using his finger, dislodged the nipple suction devices to a little wish sound from each. A replacement item was ready and he carefully secured the tweezer-like nipple clamp to one of those very extended nipples, then slid the little ring forward till it was locked securely. A repeat to the other nipple with the silver chain that connected them hanging freely. Not to let that condition stay he had three little weights with wire hooks that he carefully hung on the chain. With the third weight, the nipples were visibly stretched even further. I had noticed that, with each step of the process, Jimmy's erection had grown till it was now standing fairly straight out from his body. I had mentioned before that Jimmy hadn't been hiding behind the door when male genitalia had been passed out, and I could just tell that thing was about to go into action. He was standing close in front of her now, and that male instrument of his was aimed at the ring gag. It slid through the opening and pushed forward till there was a gentle gagging sound from Peggy. A few more pushes to more gagging and he pulled it outside. As I was taking careful photos of this, I saw her eyes go up to that mask I was sure she was asking for more. And more she got, and it was back through the ring to more gagging sounds. This time when it left the ring, saliva and other fluids clung to it and dripped to the floor. A third time it went through the ring and he pressed hard to a single grunt from Peggy and it stayed. Her eyes were watering as she struggled to keep from gagging again. This time when it came out, with more sticky saliva clinging to it and now hanging from Peggy's chin, he moved away and around to her backside. He carefully untied the dildo, pulled it out and tossed it over by his black bag. Next, with another wishing sound, her clit was free of suction. I knew what was coming and, sure enough, Jimmy wasted no time in jamming that erection right where the dildo had been. Another audible groan from Peggy. I decided that Jimmy had been very methodical in everything he had done so far, but now he was simply enjoying the fruits of his labor. As he was moving in and out of Peggy's wide-open pussy, he was applying some nice hand smacks to the beautiful buns that were right there in front of him. Correspondingly, they had turned a very nice shade of red. He finally stopped the slapping and was just pumping away faster and faster, and it wasn't long before he suddenly backed up and shot ropes of hot and milky liquid onto those rosy buns. When he finally stopped, I could see that he had at least one more thing he wanted to do. A quick trip to the bag again and a connection was made to the electrical socket on the wall. 
A humming sound told us that the vibrator was working and it went to that clearly exposed and now nicely red nub. A jerk from Peggy as it found home, and then some moans as her body fought against the ropes to move. A louder hum as the switch was moved to high speed and a grunted. Oh shit! From Peggy. Moments later a loud groan and her body began jerking, some big, some small as the ropes kept her from moving as she'd like to. At last she was still and the humming stopped. Around by her head again, Jimmy crouched in front of those now very purple breasts and carefully released the little ring on the tweezer clamp and freed one nipple. He rubbed it gently between thumb and forefinger to a grimace from Peggy as the blood rushing in was obviously a little painful. The other nipple received the same treatment to one more grimace. Jimmy stood up and headed for his bag and I nodded to Linda who stopped the video. Quickly he gathered all the items he had discarded that weren't still attached to Peggy, put them in the bag and disappeared through the door into the studio. I knew he would be gone and we would TC him again. Linda did follow him inside and returned quickly with a wet washcloth and a dry towel. She went to work on cleaning Peggy's buns while I knelt down and began unbinding her breasts. Unwinding the ropes went quickly but I was surprised at how self-conscious I felt doing it, particularly with all we'd been through with Peggy. When I finished, I saw Linda working on the ropes on her legs and feet, and she nodded toward the metal hook, and, somehow, I wasn't looking forward to that either. I did see that Linda had removed two clothes pins that I carefully untied the rope and slipped it out of the little ring. Then, not knowing quite how to go about this, said, Tell me if you want me to stop. No problem, came the quick reply that I took hold of the hook and carefully as I could, eased it out, the little ball finally clearing the pink and puckered opening that was left. I tossed the hook aside and untied the other end of the rope from her hair. With only her arms still tied I ventured. Ready to stand up. Yup, she replied and lowered her feet as I tried to grab her and help. With her struggling, I managed to grab one of those delicious breasts. Sorry. I said to a huge laugh from Peggy and a smirk from Linda. Quickly her arms were free and she was twisting and stretching, trying to get her parts to work properly again. I have clothes in the car. It's unlocked, she said and Linda headed out to retrieve them. I didn't know quite what to say so I just stood there watching a very beautiful and very naked lady bending and stretching and flexing, that gorgeous body only slightly marred by rope marks and redness. When Linda returned, Peggy just began getting dressed right where she was standing. When she had a bra and underwear on, she stopped and looked me directly in the eye. You were taking lots of pictures of my face, weren't you? I took a few. I stammered out because I thought I knew where she was going. You two probably think I'm a real slut now, because you could see I was enjoying everything that was happening. I wanted to say that it wasn't just her face that was telling me that, but before I could say anything... Linda rescued me. Oh my gosh, no. I was doing the video and trying to picture myself in your place and... Now her cheeks were a little pink. And well, I was trying to imagine what it was like for you. A surprising little grin from Peggy. You have lots of equipment now. Redder cheeks from Linda. Mr. Photographer, I think you just received an assignment. And if you need any help, I know an experienced sub who could become a fine dominatrix. I thought Linda might run out of the room but, as usual, she surprised me. Who knows? She said confidently. She carefully picked up the anal hook and held it up toward me. Who knows? She repeated. 
It is different. Peggy added. I know if I had said to stop, it would have all stopped. But still, having no control over what was happening was fascinating and very erotic. She reached in her purse and took out a wad of money. This is for today. I fanned out five one hundred dollar bills. Quickly she followed with two more. Those are for Angie. That's too much and... I was cut off. Shut up and take it. I'm super happy for Angie. As I thought of the change we had seen in her during that one day, I couldn't help but be happy for her too. Call me when you need me. She quipped as she gave Linda a hug. Then a hug for me. Next, hands on my shoulders, she looked me right in the eye. When you were unwrapping my boobs, you were actually blushing a little. That meant a lot to me. A kiss on my cheek and a look at Linda. Then she finished dressing and left. Linda looked at me. Give her one minute to get out of that room and then you better have your clothes off when you go through that door if you don't want them ripped to shreds. Either way sounded good to me, and it was. Very good. Chapter 04 So, Lana, where is Bernie going? Peggy asked, getting a second cup of coffee. He's going to Mexico for a week. Could even stretch to two weeks, depending on how things go. Oh, the very pretty brunette said, chuckling. That'll give you plenty of time to watch that video. Peggy, good lord, Lana replied, then rolled her eyes toward her sister. She chuckled. I can't deny that. I'm sure I'll watch it more than once. When's the last time you watched your copy? Oh, gee, I can't remember, Peggy said, finger to chin, looking puzzled. Bullshit, Lana said, eyeing her sister. Steve had an overnight stay last week. I'll guarantee you watched it. Peggy shrugged at her equally pretty and equally dark-haired sister. It always brings back memories. And makes your blood heat up and your heart pound. True, true, Peggy replied. But I remember what happened after, well after we had our turn. Larry and Linda. Yep, that was hot. They both sat silently for a moment, savoring their hot coffee. Is Bernie leaving you alone about? Not exactly. He just makes subtle suggestions, then nudges a little now and then. Is Steve the same? A little bit. He likes to watch the video, with me, both of us naked. But it works. Sitting there watching and remembering always gets my juices flowing, and great sex always follows. It's weird and probably perverted, but it's worth it. So, you showed him the video, too? Lana asked since the original plan was only to show the pictures to their mates. Yeah, I did. He was looking at the pictures, and we were both heating up when he said he wished there was a video. Peggy shrugged. When he gets me wound up like that, I'll do about anything. Peggy's face had reddened slightly at her admission. Yeah, we are sisters, aren't we? Lana said, laughing. Pretty much the same here. What is Bernie suggesting? Speaking of weird and perverted, our hubbies make a great pair. I guess we should expect that when we marry brothers. You're beating around the bush. What's he want this time? Lana was nibbling her lower lip. She looked at Peggy. Full-length feature film, she said softly. And be ready for the same request from Steve. Our depraved husbands work together. But their equally depraved wives do what they ask us to do. Peggy chuckled, remembering the things she'd done. 
She could feel her heart beginning to pound as those thoughts filled her head. Well, not surprising, I guess, given our background. Our background? Yeah, the way we acted in college and stuff. I don't know how you acted in college, but you were the oldest sister bad influence when I was in college. I tried to keep up, but you were off winning beauty contests and being wild. I was just being wild. Lana laughed. You did a great job of being wild until you met Steve, and you settled down. You again, Peggy said. You and Bernie hooked me up with Steve. Little did we know, huh? Yeah, little did we know. They sat, grinning at each other and sipping their coffee. So, a full-length movie? What the heck is that? Peggy asked. Lana closed her eyes, shaking her head. Use your imagination. Not a ninety-minute thing, but maybe twenty or thirty. Seduction and that kind of thing. I suppose I'll be hearing about that soon. Still, Peggy continued, If Larry gets his brother again, it might not be too bad. Oh yeah, Lana agreed. He has some good junk. Lana, that's terrible. They both laughed, remembering. Listen, if you think you'll need any help, encouragement, moral support, anything like that, I'll be happy to go along and help out. Oh no, you don't, Lana said, shaking her head at her sister. You just want to watch a pro so you can get some hints for when it's your turn. It was Peggy's turn to laugh. Remember who started all this when you're talking about a pro. Without those first pictures of mine, none of this would have happened. Maybe, and maybe not, but with the husbands we have, all of this might have been inevitable. You might be right. But this does remind me. I have to see Larry about getting some more pictures taken. I think he said he was about out. And I want to catch up with you and have some Mr. Martin's Mrs. type of pictures of my own. Maybe Bernie's bitch or Bernie's babe. She laughed. Whatever it is, I'm going to do it. She looked determined. Who was that on the phone? Linda asked, poking her head through the doorway. Lana Hollister, Peggy's sister. You remember her, don't you? I sent a sensual smile toward my soon-to-be wife. Linda's cheeks pinked, and I was sure she remembered taking video of Lana and Peggy, along with my brother, Jimmy, and then... With erotic feelings overwhelming her, the two sisters watched as we made love. Yes, she remembered Lana. Does she want more pictures? I assume so. Peggy told her to meet us at Panera, where all the good stuff gets started. Linda bit her lower lip. What's wrong? I asked, puzzled. Nothing, I suppose. It's just that, well, she's just ravishing, and when I work on her makeup, I'm afraid I'll make her look worse. I went to the doorway and engulfed her in a very loving hug. That sure didn't happen the last time and won't this time either. I suppose not, a small voice answered. And you're afraid your man might want to have sex with her? A little, I suppose. She's gorgeous. She's quite a bit older. Doesn't look it. I suppose not. Linda raised her head, a pleading look on her face. I love you, I said, kissing her very gently. Thank you, she said, pulling me into the back room. We both hoped that no one visited the studio before we were finished and dressed again. What time are we meeting Lana? The day had come and Linda, much more assured now, was anxious to see Lana again. Nine o'clock, so we better get going. We arrived before Lana, 
and both of us ordered a cinnamon-crunched bagel with lots of honey-walnut cream cheese. We were halfway through eating them when Lana came through the door and joined us, licking her lips as she eyed the bagels. You eat those often? She asked Linda. Every time I'm here. Your figure hasn't suffered a bit, so maybe I'll try one, whatever it is. Lana's comment caused Linda to smile. She appreciated getting a compliment from the stunning brunette. It's a cinnamon crunch bagel with honey walnut cream cheese, she said to Lana, then watched enviously as the tall brunette walked to the counter to order. Hasn't gotten any uglier, has she? I teased to a smirk from Linda. I wish I had an ass like that, she said softly. On her, it looks good. On you, it would be a bit large. I chuckled. Lana was probably six inches taller than Linda. I suppose, Linda conceded. Still, Lana was quickly back with her bagel, took a bite, and, as she chewed, looked at Linda and then at me. You look a little nervous, I ventured. Is it that obvious? I wish I weren't, but I can't help it. You were nervous the first time, too, so I guess it isn't unusual. I was working to reassure her, awkwardly at best. Plus, I think everyone who has come to us for this type of picture has been a little nervous. Lana smiled. I'm sure, she said, and you don't even know what kind of pictures I'm after yet. These will be a little different. Take your time then, Linda said, as all of us took a bite of bagel, gooey with cream cheese from the warmth of the freshly baked delicacy. Well, there are two things this time, so maybe I'll start with the easier one. Lana took a deep breath. Peggy has her Mr. Martin's Mrs. Pictures. I think that's what she calls them. A look at me. Yep, that's what they are, and she needs to get more taken if she wants to keep having those posted. I'm totally out. She did say that, and I'm sure she'll be talking to you. I saw some of them, of course. I wonder if we could have some Bernie's Babe photos, too. I couldn't keep from smiling. I know, I know, she said. We've always been competitive, but this is more than that. I looked at her pictures, not from an album or something like that, but on the internet, where anyone who wanted to could see them. There were no faces for me to replace, at least in my mind, with my own. Even without that, just imagining and thinking about that naked body being mine made me envious. So, if you two are up for it, I'm ready to do some of those. We know how to do that, Lana, so it should be easy. Whenever you're ready. Lana coughed nervously doubt I wondered what was coming next and glanced at Linda, who had an equally questioning look on her face. Of course, I need to outdo my sister as well. Oh, I said out loud. Nothing too drastic, Lana said giggling. The giggle was very unusual for this tall, sophisticated, and very beautiful woman. I'm going to use some, well, toys along with just me. Nothing too gross or obscene. Just something to pique interest and make viewers anxious for more. She paused, and her cheeks reddened just a mite. All of this has gotten me surfing, porn, and for some of the things, I'm anxious to see if... She stopped and looked down at the table. Close your ears and pretend I didn't say this. I'm anxious to see if they'll go a little further. You've thought this out a little, haven't you? I suggested. She looked at me. When two perverted brothers marry two very willing and sluttish sisters, this is what happens. Lana couldn't keep from laughing as she finished saying that. 
No comments needed about sluts and the like. You're in this with us, so it's all good. Linda totally surprised me with her next comment. I guess Larry's a pervert then, and I'm a slut too since we had sex right in front of you and Peggy. Now all three of us were laughing. It was beautiful, Lana said, and I loved watching it. That should make you blush. Linda's face was nearly beet red. I shouldn't have brought it up, she said, chewing on her lip. Well, the babe pictures are set now. We just need a date and time, I guess. I needed to rescue Linda and keep on subject. As I said that, though, I couldn't help thinking that. Babe. Was certainly appropriate when talking about Lana. You said there were two things? Lana swallowed hard. Yes, two. She replied. We waited. Bernie wants a feature film, for lack of a better way to describe it. A feature film and not pictures? I asked, slightly puzzled. G-U-H. Lana stared at me, seemingly gathering herself. I think he wants to see the seduction of Lana. Well, was the best I could offer. Can you do that? Linda asked quietly, her eyes wide. Lana looked at me. Do you think your brother would be willing to, um, seduce me? I thought she had a surprisingly expectant look on her face. Or, as I reconsidered, maybe not so surprising. I can guarantee you he'll be more than happy to do it. I assured her. There was certainly no doubt in my mind about that. Starting next week, Bernie will be gone for two weeks, to Mexico. He found out today it's for two weeks. So, we have time and can even use my house if you'd like. Sounds like that could work, but Jimmy lives in a very nice cabin in the woods that might work well too. My brain was already at work as what Lana had described could be very, very interesting and erotic. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Her sensuous lips curled into a satisfied smile that I could tell Lana's mind was in tune with mine. I glanced at Linda, who was biting her lower lip, imagining I was sure. If you're positive about it, I'll get Jimmy set up. I'm sure, Lana answered. For more than one reason. Her cheeks flushed. Sometimes I say too much. That last comment made me chuckle. I'm sure Jimmy would have enjoyed it too doubt we finished our bagels, and I told Lana we'd call her this afternoon with possible dates and times and any other details that might be finalized, i.e. Jimmy. We each got a big hug from her when we were ready to leave. You two make this so much easier, she said, and I appreciate that. We're all learning, I guess. Amen to that. Lana said and headed out the door, licking her fingers to get the last of the cream cheese that I looked at Linda who was shaking her head. Those two are amazing, she said. All four of them are amazing, but it keeps us entertained. And employed, I wanted to add. Listening to what she said and thinking about the whole process has made me ready to entertain you, Linda said, licking her lips. Right here or back at the studio. Linda quickly looked around the nearly empty Panera, unbuttoned the top two buttons of her blouse and I was seeing a pale but beautiful breast and a very erect nipple pointed directly at me. The bulge in my pants was almost instantaneous, and I would have loved to throw her down on the wooden bench and ravish her till she begged for mercy. However, that wasn't too practical, of course, so I was anxious to get to the studio. Linda buttoned her blouse and stood up. I'm ready to go, she said, but I doubt you are. She laughed. As we'd often done lately at the studio, 
We hoped that there were no customers for the first fifteen minutes. Fortune smiled on us, and eventually, we were ready for whatever the day might offer. We did have several people coming in to pick up pictures, so Linda stayed in the front to take care of that while I went to the back room to make a phone call. Jimmy was a freelance furniture maker and a good one. If you wanted a table, chair, cabinets, or anything else, it was an eight to nine month wait. His fouled up relationships with women, mostly due to his poor choice of females, left him single with a beautiful and secluded cabin in the woods, filled with unique handcrafted furnishings. Hey, Larry. Good to hear from you, bro, sup? How are things out there in the woods? Not bad. Are you calling about what I hope you're calling about? Yep. No shit, he yelled into the phone. Peggy? Sorry, not Peggy. Oh, what then? he asked, sounding disappointed. How about Lana? Just as good, Jimmy said, his enthusiasm refreshed. Details? Well, her hubby wants a video of her being seduced. It was silent on the other end. Bless that man. Larry finally said. I'm always available to seduce a beautiful woman. I'll get with Lana, and we'll get a time set. I thought of telling him about her other pictures, but he didn't need to know about that. He'd be busy enough seducing her. So, he said hesitantly, any thoughts or plans about how this seduction is going to happen? Nothing yet. Her place is available since hubby is in Mexico. Tell you what. Leave it to me. Already got a couple of ideas and I think the cabin would be the best place. Yep, leave the details to me, and I'll let you know a little more when it's time for it to happen. While Jimmy had spent his high school years panting after the then unattainable Peggy, I was sure that anticipating his new assignment with her even more beautiful beauty queen sister would have his creative juices flowing. To keep your interest piqued, I think Peggy may need the same thing one of these days. You're the best brother a guy could ever have. Jimmy said, laughing loudly. Peggy too? Holy shit, Dot. That's not definite, so don't get too excited yet. Planning the seduction of Lana should keep me occupied for a while. He howled, like a wolf or something. Let me know the date and time. Will do, I replied, and we hung up. I wondered if Jimmy was already enjoying this a little too much. I could tell Lana was anxious to get started when she was at the studio early the next Monday morning, the first day of Bernie's trip to Mexico. She was carrying a white box and smiling very broadly. She handed the box to Linda. Linda opened the box, then gave me a devious-looking smile. I chased Linda around the front room of the studio, spurred on by Lana's hysterical laughter. I finally cornered her, and some vigorous tickling forced her to show me what was in the box three cinnamon crunch bagels all now thoroughly smeared with the honey walnut cream cheese that I rounded up a few paper towels, and we feasted on the deliciousness. When we were finished, Lana began licking her fingers, the sensuous look she was sending my way causing my body to react. A poke in the ribs from Linda brought me back to reality. Just practicing, Lana chucked. But let me get my things from the car. She ran out the door and across the parking lot. Pervert. She had you wrapped around that finger she was licking. I was easy to read sometimes, and Lana was. Lana. I imagined it was you. That's lame, Larry, just lame. She laughed. After we're through with Lana, I'll lick my fingers, and we'll see what happens. I knew what would happen.
I just hoped I was ready. When Lana returned, I decided to update her on my conversation with Jimmy. My brother said he was good any time. Lana smiled, biting her lower lip. He was good that one time, she said quietly. There I go again. Forget I said that. Her cheeks were appealingly pink. He also said he thought his cabin would be perfect and to leave everything to him. He'll let us know the details when it's time. Wow. This is so strange, but I guess he's making it easier for me. A satisfied smile crossed her face that I was about to break into the faraway look on her face when she shook her head and refocused her eyes. Okay, she said, breaking out of her reverie. I've been thinking about these pictures too. Peggy will be so jealous. She started searching through the shopping bag she had brought in. I think Bernie's babe is a little too close to home. Wouldn't want anyone to put two and two together. I am 42 years old, so maybe I should be Marty's milf, or something like that. A questioning look at Linda and me. Once again the 42 years old, and the lady standing there waiting to have pictures taken didn't seem to go together. We can figure that out when we need to. These pictures now? The last thing Bernie said to me about the video was not to hold back and to just let it go. If that applies to the video, why not here as well? So, no face but everything else. I saw Linda's eyes widen. It wasn't as if we hadn't seen most everything before, but this would be concentrating on, well, yeah. I have a blonde wig, Lana said, continuing, and I could see her cheeks and neck beginning to flush. She was looking in the big bag but not moving. Dildos, but plugs, and rings I'll wear only for the photos. Different thongs and bras, stuff like that. A deep breath. I can hardly wait to see these pictures. When Peggy showed me hers, I was so envious or jealous? I don't know. Do you guys have siblings? I grinned. Jimmy, I said quietly. Oh yeah, stupid me. I have an older sister, Linda added. We were close until she moved to Montana. Well, we're still as close as we can be, given the distance. She grinned. And we were constantly competing, so I know where you're coming from. We have fun, and having the husbands we do has just directed that competitiveness in another direction. And having said that, I'm ready to start. She eyed me, a determined look on her face. I've been looking at stuff, and I have a plan, about how I pose and what I show. And it'll be way more than you'd ask me to do. So I'll do my thing. You take the pictures, and when we're done, you and Linda can tell me if we need anything more. Since I hadn't really been doing much coaching the past shoots with the sisters, I was perfectly okay with that. I saw Linda nod, so she was on board too. We were ready to start. We moved to the back room, now nicely decorated at Linda's direction. Since I'd purchased the house and she moved in with me, this room had been freed from being my living quarters. The wedding plans were moving along nicely too, but that's another story. Lana wasted no time getting down to her black heels and equally black thong. From the corner of my eye, I could see Linda watching me. And I'm sure she was glad she was there to keep her eye on me while I kept my eye on Lana. Okay, Lana said, a resolute sound to her voice. I'm going to pose, and you click the magic camera. When I want to change positions, I'll let you know, and we can do it all over again. So, with blonde wig in place and new rings on her fingers, Lana began. 
She stood, she bent slightly, she sat in a chair, legs tantalizingly spread, the best parts still hidden. Okay, she finally said and slipped off the black thong. She was totally naked except for the black shoes. She smiled at me, and Linda moved a little closer, cleverly tucking her hand in my back pocket. Had it gone in a front pocket, it might have met some resistance. Lana walked, twisted, put one leg up on the chair while I moved around her snapping different angles of that amazing body that had no angles, only curves. At times she'd slip her hand between her legs, finally sitting in a chair with legs spread and two fingers probing herself. I glanced at Linda, who was totally mesmerized by what she was seeing. Lana began pulling on her hippies, even grunting a couple of times when she overdid it. Before long, they were bright red and very long and hard. I kept snapping as she dropped to the floor on hands and knees, her ass pointed directly at me. I took shots standing, then crouching, then down on the floor behind her. When she said she was willing to show it all she wasn't exaggerating, even a little bit. Don't move, she said as she stood, went to the shopping bag, and was quickly back. She did something that I couldn't see, then reached around to her backside, a well-lubricated but plug in her hand. I was frantically taking pictures as it disappeared effortlessly into the pink rosebud of her ass. It obviously wasn't the first time it had decorated that beautiful ass. I want one, I heard whispered in my ear as Linda squeezed my butt through my pocket. I nodded, not wanting to take a chance at missing a picture. Lana was going through similar poses as previously, except with the heart-shaped blue glass jewel and her ass sparkling in the light of the studio. Periodically, her fingers went to the jewel but the still pictures wouldn't show her twisting and tugging on it. Another, okay, from Lana, and she stood, removed the anal plug, and went to the shopping bag again. She produced a small plastic bottle, removed the lid, and filled one palm with fragrant oil, and began rubbing it on her body, beginning with her marvelous breasts. She completed her torso, arms, and legs and offered the bottle to me. I quickly pointed to Linda and mumbled something about protecting the camera. Lana had a good chuckle at my expense as she turned her back to Linda, who went right to work, first on the back and then on her but winking at me as she did. When she was finished, a mouth-wateringly gorgeous blonde smiled at me, glistening in the brightly lit studio. Linda headed to the restroom, giving me a, Can I trust you while I'm gone? Look. Okay? Lana asked innocently, looking at me when Linda was gone, her arms stretched out from her sides. She wasn't looking for an answer as I was sure she knew exactly how she looked. She'd begun posing again when Linda returned. Several dildos came into play, more views of those secret places and that lustrous body. The stills wouldn't pick up the occasional buzzing when she'd switch on one of the dildos, nor the sound she made when that happened. Can I lay across the bed? No problem, I said, anxious to see what Lana had planned. She began by working on her nipples again then lay down, her head hanging off one side, her legs dangling over the other. I crouched and got a great shot from the leg side, looking between her legs, her breasts mounted and topped with the stunningly erect nipples. She moved her legs seductively, and I took picture after picture. Finally, Lana said, That's enough for now, don't you think? I think I have a ton of things to post, so I'll contact you when they're ready, and you can check them out. You know she said, hands on hips, her glistening and still naked body directly in front of me. 
Peggy trusted you to pick and post the pictures. If it's okay with you, I'll do the same. Plus, I'll be surprised. I know how to do that, I said, working hard to look Lana in the eye. I'll hurry and shower and get out of here. And I promise not to come back for any reason. She looked at Linda, whose cheeks were beginning to glow. Although, listening in that last time was pretty hot. On her last shoot with us, when she and Peggy left the studio, Lana had dropped her bra and had come back to get it, overhearing our backroom activities. When Lana was dressed and ready to leave, Linda got a big smile, and I got a wink. By now. Lana laughed as she headed for the front door. Oh, and if it's okay, how about Wednesday for the, um, other shoot? She called over her shoulder. I'll talk to Jimmy, but I'm sure it'll be okay. Say ten o'clock here? I'll call you early on Wednesday if there are details you should know. Perfect, she said. You two be good now. She giggled as she went through the door. I knew it would be good from the look I got from Linda just before she headed for the room with the bed. I was following close behind. Before we start, promise me you'll order one of those things she stuck in her rear end. I got a seductive smile. It looks fascinating. As I thought about it, a sparkling anal plug might present some new possibilities in our lives. Look what I have. She giggled, interrupting my thoughts. She held up the bottle of fragrant oil Lana had left behind. Is there anything left in it? Plenty she said, slipping her blouse off over her head, her brow quickly following. She had that tantalizing and very sexy grin that I'd never been able to resist. She stood and was quickly naked. In a very throaty and suggestive voice, she said, Now rub it all over me. I did as I was told, then stood her up and oily hands and all took several pictures of the glistening ash blonde with the amber eyes. Of course, the sex was fantastic. I called Jimmy on Tuesday to let him know that tomorrow was the day and that Lana would be at the studio at ten o'clock. Also, I wanted to know if there was anything we needed to do in preparation. The time is great, and I'll be ready. I don't know what Lana's husband is expecting, nor what you and Lana are expecting, but you know me. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right, I said in a sing-song voice. Our dad had taught us that one. Exactly. Plus he said, and I could hear him chuckle. You'd have to be a eunuch not to look forward to seducing that ridiculously gorgeous woman. Enough of that, though. Here's what you need to know. Jimmy went on to give me some brief details about tomorrow to relay to Lana, and also for the benefit of the videographers. I thanked him, hung up, and called Lana. Good morning. How's everything with you today? Her voice was bright and cheerful. I think anticipating what lay ahead for her day. Good, I answered. How about you? Nervous, and I have to confess anxious, in a good way. That should help, I assured her. I talked to Jimmy, and his info is pretty simple. That's good. I could use some simple. He says to wear something casual, shorts and a little top maybe. We'll take you to the path that's actually a one-way road close to the lane that leads to his cabin. I paused for a moment. We call it a cabin, but it's anything but that. You'll love it. Anyway, it will all start with you having fallen and hurt your ankle. You call for help, and he comes running. From there on, you're on your own, to follow along with him or to lead him along. I heard Lana chuckle. Sounds simple, she replied.
then added, I hope. I wasn't sure how to respond. You're quiet, she said. Just planning, I replied, struggling to recover. Not sure I have anything to plan. I'll just put myself in Jimmy's hands. I couldn't believe she'd said that. Trying to picture that, aren't you? A big laugh from Lana. I'll see you at ten tomorrow. Linda and I worked together to do a little planning, that not being easy with the load of customers we had. We were going to have to stay out of each other's field of view yet close enough that one of our microphones would pick up the dialogue, at least while we were outside. I assumed they'd eventually end up inside the cabin, and that would be easier. Finally, we were ready. Lana arrived wearing a delectable pair of short shorts and a stretchy and strapless tank top. She asked Linda to help with some simple makeup as if she needed makeup to look good. All three of us piled into my car and headed for Jimmy's cabin. We drove partway up the road that led there and parked. The road covered a little over one mile, with only four habitations along the way. I knew Jimmy owned enough land that he'd never have to see another dwelling if he wanted it that way. I guess I'm ready, Lana said with a sigh. We're ready. I said dot as we climbed out of the car, Lana suggested. Why don't I really fall for the video? You might hurt yourself. I cautioned. She grinned. Jimmy will take care of me. I could tell she was getting into her role and ready for whatever doubt we took our positions, began capturing video, and Lana started up the road, suddenly screaming and crashing to the ground, grasping her ankle. She struggled to stand but collapsed once more. Then, looking around, she began calling. Help! she cried. Can anyone help me? She was looking around frantically. She's good. I mouthed to Linda who nodded that we could hear the sound of running feet, and Jimmy appeared on the road, looking one way and then spotting Lana. He was quickly at her side. What happened? he asked, crouching to see her face. I fell. Hurt my ankle. Jimmy squeezed her ankle, frowned, then stood and offered his hands. Lana grabbed hold, and using her, good, leg stood very shakily. Quickly Jimmy's right arm swung behind her knees his left arm around her back, and Lana was lifted off her feet, her arm quickly moving around his neck. My place is right up the hill. We'll go there and see what's up. Oh my gosh, you don't need to do that. Just take me back to my car, and I'll drive myself home. We better take a look at that ankle, and my place is where we can do that. As we followed them up the hill, I was slightly flummoxed. Jimmy had a full but neatly trimmed beard and his hair usually cut short, was in a tight ponytail. I wondered what was real and what was his attempt at disguise. He carried her up the few steps and into the house, depositing her carefully on the couch. You're bleeding. What? He turned her arm so she could see the elbow. I guess her fall was more real than we first thought. I'll take care of it, he said, heading to get the needed supplies. Lana watched him leave and I noticed the tank top had slipped a bit, and another inch of those delicious breasts was showing. She had a tiny smile on her face. Jimmy quickly had a bandage in place and was working on her ankle, raising her leg to massage it, but I guessed it was more so he could see up the leg of her shorts. My second guess was that there was nothing to impede his view of what he wanted to see. I think I should drive you to the hospital for an x-ray, he said, a serious look on his face. Just to be on the safe side. 
Lana was holding her ankle. I'm sure it's just twisted, she assured him. I've done this before, so this is nothing new. You're sure? She smiled. I'm very sure. We'll let you sit here for a while before we decide what to do. Jimmy was perched on the couch by her feet. Lana licked her lips very suggestively and shook her head. What to do with me? She said, giggling. Can I offer you something to drink, something to help relax you a little? An alcoholic painkiller, you mean? She chuckled. Just trying to be the good doctor. It might help, though. I'm sure you're right. What are my choices? Normally, I'd take you to the kitchen and let you choose, but... He nodded at her ankle. You'll just have to trust me to remember it all. In my condition, I think I'll just trust you then. Lana said throatily and barely above a whisper. I guess the pressure is on me to perform then. He stared at her for long seconds with what I'd have to call a hungry look. Things were progressing. I have a stock of brandy, rum, vodka, whiskey, and can do the usual mixed drinks. He began. Those things have never been among my favorites. She said, smiling and turning up her nose, which only seemed to make her more enticing. Lots of craft beers. Wine? She questioned. Silly me. Jimmy said, laughing. I should have seen right away that you're a wine girl. Lana was anything but a girl, but she seemed to enjoy the flattery. Red or white then? A finger to her lips, eyes raised to the ceiling as she pondered. Your house, your choice. She finally replied. Jimmy put her hand on her bare thigh, patted it twice, then stood. I'll be right back. He headed to the kitchen, and Lana looked around, taking in Jimmy's bachelor pad. He had built most of the furniture and had used a decorator to help him put everything together. It was just him living here alone, but he wanted it to be right, even though he had no aspirations any longer of sharing it with anyone. Jimmy was back in a few minutes with two glasses of white wine and a bottle under his arm. Here you go, he said. Oh, what is this? Lana asked, taking the glass from him. Well, it's a Riesling, which I love but there's no way I can pronounce the name. It's imported from Germany. Try, she said, laughing. Jimmy took a deep breath. It was actually Greater Himmelreich Riesling Rabinet, but didn't sound like that when he pronounced it. Lana took the bottle from him. I'm not even going to try. She laughed. Imported from Germany. Wow. She looked up at Jimmy and smiled. If I decide to do something, I want to do it with the very best. He said, a half-smile on his face, his eyes narrowed slightly. They touched glasses to that, and each took a sip of the wine. Lana's nod told him she liked both the wine and what he'd said. They sat quietly until both glasses were empty. He refilled them. This is a beautiful place. She said, I'm jealous. Jealous? Why is that? I'd love to have a place like this. Beautiful, quiet, secluded. Sounds perfect to me. I'm here by myself most of the time, and it is all of that. They emptied their glasses. Why don't you let me show you around? Lana laughed, pointing at her ankle. I'll crawl along behind you if that's okay. She laughed. And I hope I won't spill my wine doing it. Jimmy joined in the laughter. No crawling allowed. He said. I've got you. He helped her stand, then swept her up in his arms again. Oh my gosh, I'm too heavy to carry around. 
she said, her lips against his ear. He turned his head, his lips just inches from hers. You're very light, and I'm enjoying this. Lana was certainly not chunky, not hefty, nor any other synonym for those words. I didn't think she had a bit of extra flesh on her anywhere, but she was five foot ten and well filled out. She was not light, but Jimmy was handling her like she was hardly there. His time at the gym was paying off. You're going to have to work a little, he said. Work? Sure. First, you have to fill our wine glasses since my hands are occupied. He stooped so she could pick up the wine bottle. She refilled her glass, then looked around. Where's your glass? In my left hand, that's around your back. Lana twisted her head and spotted the glass. She reached around with her right hand to retrieve it but hooked a finger in the neck of her top, tugging it down at least another inch. The smallest bit of rosiarilla was showing. Oops, she said, giggling, but with the glass in her hand, she had no way to pull the top back into place. Her voice told me the wine was having its effect on her. Okay, she said, but you said, first, so there must be a second. Right. Since you have both glasses, you'll have to help me take a sip when I need to. So, when you need something from me, you'll just ask? Jimmy just smiled. Here's the kitchen, he said, turning sideways so they could get through the door. As he did, Lana moved the wine glass in her left hand, and some of it splashed out onto the bare skin over the now-dislodged tank top. Don't worry, I'll get it, Jimmy said, lifting her slightly and lowering his head. He carefully licked the top of her breast, where most of the wine had gone, his tongue working on the smooth and flawless skin until all the spill was gone. Whether purposeful or not, his ministrations had moved the top a little lower once more so that her left nipple was now totally exposed. Oh no, I think I missed some, he said, lowering his head and rolling his tongue across the now accessible nipple accompanied by the slightest moan from Lana. The nipple responded nicely to the attention it received. How do you like the kitchen? Jimmy asked, surprising us all. Very nice, she said, her lips touching his ear this time. You're taking such good care of me, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. You're so welcome, Jimmy said quietly, and this time when he turned, he brushed her lips with his. I'm sorry, he whispered apologetically but suggestively as well. Their eyes were locked together, and Linda and I were capturing the words and looks and I was beginning to breathe a little harder. Very slowly, the tip of Lana's tongue appeared between her lips, extended just far enough that Jimmy could capture it with his lips, which he did very slowly and sensuously, just holding it for captivating moments. The best part of the house is upstairs, he whispered, releasing her tongue. By all means, take me there then, she answered, and I wondered whether the there referred to more than a place. With Lana's tongue tormenting his ear, Larry headed for the stairs. On top of things as always, Linda had heard the cue and was at the top of the stairs, recording their trip while I stayed close behind, concentrating on the way Lana's tongue was having its way with him. With both hands occupied, Jimmy couldn't fight her off, even if he'd wanted to. And the way his head was leaning toward her exploring tongue told me he was content with the way things were going. As they reached the top of the stairs. Lana very purposely splashed a little more of the wine on her chest. Oh, she said again. Can you help me out once more? Here, let me help you just a little. 
She hooked the base of the wine glass under the top that still covered her right breast, lifted it, and moved it so that her right nipple was now exposed. Her eyes had a look of anticipation as she gazed at Jimmy. He wasn't about to disappoint her as he cleaned up the spilled wine, careful to roll his tongue over her nipples several times. I think he was enjoying the moans that were filling his ear from just a few inches away. Guest bedroom number one, he said, turning his head so his lips brushed hers again. Her lips struggled to follow his, but he turned his head away. Jimmy had been good at teasing me when we were growing up, and I could tell he hadn't lost the knack. I could use a little wine, he said, and his tongue teased her ear. She giggled and held the glass so he could take in a good bit of the wine then raised the other glass and took an equal portion for herself. I like bedrooms. She almost gasped as he turned and moved along the hallway. Guest room number two, he said, brushing her lips a little harder this time but moving out of her reach once more. Her eyes closed, and her nostrils flared, and she didn't see Jimmy smile. More wine, he said, and each emptied their glass. A questioning look from the beautiful armful. Just toss them on the bed. I'll get them later. Two tosses, and they left guest room number two. Guest room number three. He said moments later, and this time he stopped short of her parted lips. I heard a quiet moan. A quick touch of his tongue, and he turned away from her very inviting face. The beautiful brunette was carried down the hallway once more. The master bedroom. He said as she opened her eyes with one of the most longing looks I'd ever seen. This wasn't play-acting any longer for Lana. Jimmy saw the look too and stepped through the door and into the room. Another brush of his lips and another moan from Lana. Are you trying to seduce me? She whispered just loud enough to be picked up by the camera and licked her lips seductively. His lips brushed hers again. I'd love to, he said, but I wouldn't have a chance with a beautiful woman like you. Larry laid her carefully on the king-sized bed. You never know unless you try. I don't know, he said, taking hold of her tank top and pulling it the rest of the way down to her waist. Look at those fantastic breasts. I could never seduce a woman with breasts like that. He put one hand at the side of each breast and squeezed them together. Lana's body twisted as she bit her lower lip. I have breasts like that. You could try it with me if you'd like to. You really think I'd have a chance? He was still holding her breasts together, unwilling. I was sure to let loose of them. You never know unless you try. If you could help me, maybe I could try. Lana held her arms up toward Jimmy. I can help, she said, a near pleading sound to her voice. Seeing the look on Lana's face and the sound of her voice, it was obvious that she was totally involved in what was happening. It was tempting to call these dalliances for both she and Peggy, but that didn't define them at all. Although I didn't think I could do it, These two ladies had mastered treating them as experiences they could enjoy, which they obviously did, without getting emotionally involved. Jimmy, meanwhile, unattached and free, was perfectly willing to help them in their endeavor. Jimmy was on the bed, brushing his lips against Lana's over and over, and the sounds coming from her throat and her labored breathing told me he was raising her to sexual heights in a possibly new and different way. Kiss me. She gasped, willing him to do it without her pulling his head against hers. Okay, he said, standing again. He unfastened her shorts, then pulled them down her legs and off. Like the tank top, there was nothing under them. 
He climbed back on the bed, straddling her legs. How about if I kiss you here? He asked, bending down, his lips on her bare mons. Lana spread her legs, bumping Jimmy's as she tried to get them wider. He adeptly moved so that he was between her legs. I was amazed at her flexibility, as her legs were nearly at 180 degrees, her glistening pussy wide open as I zoomed in. There were already drops of moisture on the dark bedspread. With total access, Jimmy was good to his word as he began to kiss that now spread cleft. As I shot the video, I didn't understand how he could keep his tongue from working there as well as his lips. He buried his face against her, the sound of his kisses joining with the moans and gasps from Lana. We need to get this off, he said, pulling the tank top under her butt and down her legs, tossing it aside. Then, still straddling her, he moved up so his face was directly above hers. I hope Linda was getting a good close-up of that face, wet with the juices from her pussy. Jimmy bent and brushed her lips with his once more. Yum, she said, licking the nectar he had left on her lips. Wouldn't you like to get more of that? I watched her lift her hips to encourage him and didn't see how he could resist that. I quickly realized he couldn't. This time, he was going to do more than just kiss. I zoomed in as his fingers spread her labia, fully exposing the red and swollen nub that had been hiding there. He lowered his head and his tongue flicked across that nub accompanied by a squeal from Lana. More flicks creating enticing movements of her hips. Take your clothes off, she said, her eyes telling him to hurry. He stood and was naked in just a few seconds, his very sizable erection standing straight out from his body. It wasn't the first time she'd seen it, so she knew what to expect. To my surprise, Jimmy chuckled. He moved until he was looking down at her face again. Do I get another taste? She asked out I could see the look of anticipation on her face. Jimmy had tortured her since he had carried her up the stairs, brushing her lips with his over and over. This time when his lips met hers, both her arms went around him, pressing him against her, the fullness of one delicious breast bulging out from between them for my camera. Lana was making up for all the torment she'd endured, her tongue dancing with Jimmy's, her lips fully engaged with his. She wrapped her legs around him as well, locking her ankles. Jimmy would only move when she allowed it. Watching the two of them, I had no doubt that she wanted more. When their lips parted, she was nearly panting and was grinding her hips against Jimmy. His eyes were at half-staff, and I decided Lana was possibly more than he could handle that he was kissing her neck, her shoulder, slowly working his way onto the smooth softness of one luscious breast. He rolled his tongue around the dark pinkness of her areola. I watched the tiny bumps that appeared, and Jimmy seemed to be savoring them. There was something else there I knew he'd enjoy as well. His lips surrounded a very erect nipple, pulling on it to one more moan from Lana. The other nipple followed, receiving the same almost loving treatment from his lips and tongue. Jimmy left a trail of moisture from Lana's breast to her navel where he lingered for only seconds before moving down and over her lifted hips to the top of her cleft. Her legs began to spread once more as she anticipated what was about to happen. As those legs spread further, that cleft began to open, giving Jimmy easy access to what lay inside that I saw Linda focusing on his face, so I zoomed in on Lana, her eyes closed, her chest rising and falling with her heavy breathing. Plus, she was beginning to glisten, a layer of perspiration forming on her face and chest. If Linda and I were recording the seduction of Lana, 
Jimmy was doing his best to make sure it happened. The way he was gazing between her legs, I knew she was in for a treat. His tongue touched one puffy labium, moving from the bottom to the top, then back down the other. One more circle to an almost purring sound from Lana, and his tongue plunged between the puffiness and into a warm and welcoming place. Lana's loud groan echoed across the large bedroom. Jimmy's tongue was probing, twisting, and caressing the very wet folds of Lana's pussy, the musky aroma of sex permeating the air. His head was matching the rolling of her hips, as his tongue was moving slightly, then flicking the engorged nub. I watched Lana's eyes open wide, her chest almost heaving with her labored breathing. Although I was focusing on Lana's face, I could still see his tongue moving very rapidly. Oh, oh, ah, oh, Lana groaned, her hands having gone to her breasts, her nipples being stretched almost brutally in her ecstasy. His lips were in play now, the nub being sucked mercilessly. I knew this couldn't last too long that Lana couldn't last too long as her moans, groans, and exclamations were getting louder with each passing minute. I focused on her face and saw her eyes squeeze tightly shut, her mouth open wide, and her body beginning to tremble. The trembling turned to shaking, her hips rising off the bed accompanied by a long and loud moan. Jimmy stayed in place as she spasmed over and over, his face now soaked with her juices. At last, he lifted his head and watched as she came back to reality from her intense orgasm. Her hands were still on her breasts, her nipples long and hard from the treatment they'd received. Finally, fairly normal breathing returned. See, she said. I told you that you could seduce me. Oh, I'm not through, he said, moving so that his legs were between hers, his erection pointed at her still wide open cleft. Then keep going, she murmured, her eyes closing, her head falling back to the bed. I glanced at Jimmy and saw the pleased look on his face. Without hesitation, he pressed that erection against the still wet and inviting opening where he had been once before. As his hips pressed forward, he found almost no resistance from her wonderfully warm and well-lubricated vagina. When he was fully inside her, he dropped to his elbows, his face directly above hers. Lana was doing nothing to destroy the image of a woman, caught up by and totally relishing every moment of what was happening to her. Her arms around his neck, she pulled his head down, her lips locked with his, their tongues in a fervent dance. Linda was concentrating on their faces, and I backed off, watching her legs wrap around his waist as his rapidly pumping hips drove his erection deeper and deeper. I wondered how much longer he could last with this inordinately beautiful and sexy woman who was anxious to give him every pleasure she could. As I recorded their bodies moving in unison, I couldn't help but be curious about their faces. I was morbidly anxious to see Linda's recordings. I could see I was about to get the answer to my first question as Jimmy's pace had quickly increased until he suddenly stilled, his head lifting, an intense groan erupting from deep within him. I watched him spasm over and over, Lana's eyes locked on his face until he collapsed on her. I glanced at Linda, a questioning look on my face. Lana had been seduced. Was it time to stop our recording? I thought so, and we stopped. Recording over, I said quietly. Lana looked at me like she had forgotten I was there. Jimmy turned his head and smiled. I sensed this might be an awkward moment, and went to talk with Linda. I could hear rustling behind me, and when I turned, both Lana and Jimmy were dressed. 
The only remnant of what had just happened were the rather large nipple bumps on her tank top. Both of them smiled at us. Did you get it all? Lana asked. Yep, I said tapping my camera. She smiled. Good. She wasn't looking at Jimmy. But it was his turn. I have four beautiful T-bones I'd love to throw on the grill for everyone. Mashed potatoes, some salad. Sound good? He asked point three of us were taken aback by his bizarre suggestion. After having sex with Lana, with Linda and me recording it, we were now supposed to sit down to a comfortable dinner and casual conversation. This steak is delicious, almost as delicious as the way you sucked on my clit. I hope Y0 you like the salad, and your pussy is the wettest and warmest I've ever buried myself in. I knew you'd grill a mean T-bone, and I knew your boner would take care of me too. The conversational possibilities were endless, but I knew the final decision was up to Lana. She surprised me one more time. I am hungry, she said looking at me. Is it okay? I was hungry too. Sure, sounds good. Okay, Linda? She nodded her approval. When we were downstairs and sitting in the sunroom overlooking the creek that ran behind his cabin, Jimmy disappeared, and when he returned, he was still bearded but had short hair. I'd have never guessed, Lana murmured, staring at him. I'm full of surprises, he said, probably the understatement of the year. So, we had a delicious meal, talking about everything but what had occupied the last couple of hours, although we did speculate about what might be in store for Peggy. Lana knew that Steve had a couple of ideas, and she was anxious to hear her sister's responses. Without his saying anything, we could all see that Jimmy was very interested in what those ideas might involve. Jimmy gave us a complete tour of the cabin, and, as Lana had said before, it left us all a little envious and perhaps jealous. Finally, we bid Jimmy goodbye, and I quietly thanked him for his help which brought a roll of the eyes from my brother, his way of saying thank you. On the ride back, we made tentative arrangements for Lana to pick up the video. Linda would be doing some serious work, cutting, splicing, and getting the final version completed. Even though I had been there, I was anxious to see IT.AT the studio. We both received a warm hug from Lana. She looked like she wanted to say something but decided against it. We waved, and she was off. Before her car had pulled away, Linda grabbed hold of my shirt and was dragging me inside, locking the door behind us. You promise you'll get me one of those things for my butt? She said that I gave her my most sincere promise that I in seconds clothes were strewn everywhere, and I was being taken to my own nirvana once again by the ash blonde beauty that was now my fiancé. Life is good, and this photography business was very rewarding, but not in the way most people thought. The sisters talk again. My house needs cleaning so badly. I wonder if I could get someone that wouldn't charge too much. Peggy was looking around, a frown on her face. If you let Larry look around and maybe sell some of those pictures he's taken of you, there'd be plenty of money to hire a cleaning lady. Lana had a very satisfied smirk on her face. Um, is this the pot calling the kettle black? You better have brought that video with you. It's private, not for everyone's eyes. Like those pictures of you on the internet with that sparkling little jeweled thing stuck in your ass. You saw those already? Larry just called this morning to say they were posted. Lana was shaking her head. They're on the same site where mine are, 
and I decided to take a peek at some of my old ones and saw there was a new featured model. Marty's MILF. I tingled all over when I saw them the first time. Read some of the comments. Some of the things said in those comments are so far from what I've known, it's incredible. I'm back with Larry in a couple of days, so I'll ask you very sweetly if I might borrow a toy or two from you to save a little money. I told you how you could get some extra money. Asshole, Peggy replied. Let's watch the video. She watched Lana begin nibbling her lower lip. Okay, she finally said. Linda does such a great job with the editing and stuff. It's just like you're watching professional porn. My sister, Lana. A professional porn star. Have you scheduled your time yet, so you can join me in the profession? Lana smirked at her younger sister. Steve has only been hinting, but I'm sure that when he talks to Bernie, I'll be hearing more about it. At Lana's computer, they watched the video, not saying a word till it was over. Jimmy certainly does make it easy, doesn't he? Peggy quipped. Yeah, he does. Lana answered, a faraway look on her face. If we were so inclined, I think either of us could move into that cabin with him. Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful place. And I think you're right. Good thing we're secure with our men, depraved as they are. Wanna watch again? Lana's face held an eager look. If I watch that again, I might want to, well, you know. I've got my box of toys. Start the video. The end.